I just realized we forgot to hit record. So welcome into the podcast viewers who are just joining us. A quick couple of notes since you are just tuning in um, and, and you don't want to miss any of the notes, we should point out um, a lot to cover at the end of the show. We will go over who I, you know, some of the thoughts I have on the sectionals, but again, no picks since I will be in Marietta this weekend and calling the games. So no picks for me, but some of my thoughts on how things may transpire. Secondly, Sunday show again, seven o'clock Eastern time. However, if we hit any weather and there is weather predicted potentially on Sunday coming back, it depends on if the storm says south or not. We may be delayed. I just I, I don't expect to be delayed, but it could happen. As a result, we'll be uh, on the air either Monday afternoon or Monday night, but I expect to be on Sunday. Stick with us on Twitter, and we'll certainly let you know what we're up to. And again, our guests for tonight, Brian Morehouse from Hope, Trevor Woodruff from Scranton, Craig Kars from Hardin-Simmons, Ruth Sin from St. Thomas, Michelle France, friends, uh, friends from Whitman, and Kevin App from Williams, along with Gray Giovanni from Augustana. Speaking of which, I got a chance to talk to a lot of these um, um, guests before things got going, um, mainly because um, we have, uh, uh, you know, they're traveling and it, it's a little bit difficult for them to necessarily get everything done. Um, so, but we did talk to a lot of these uh, coaches um, prior to this show airing live. We start with Hope. Hope, again, beating Thomas Moore last weekend to basically get things rolling for them. Um, and with the upset, certainly that was key. Um, and, and having a pretty darn good season this year. We should expect it from Brian Morehouse. I got a chance earlier to talk to him here on the show. And now joining me on the City of Salem Hoopsville Hotline is Coach Brian Morehouse from the 18th-ranked Hope team. And, uh, Coach, first and foremost, uh, congratulations on making it to this weekend, and thanks for joining us. Thanks. It never gets old to advance, <laughs> and uh, we're certainly uh, excited about our trip to the Sweet 16 again. Yeah, well, it's, I'm sure it doesn't get old to some extent. Um, both the men and women for Hope doing very well. But let's talk with the, the big part about this. To get to this weekend, you had to take out the defending national champs at their place. They haven't lost at their place since November of 2012. Uh, this was a, a pretty significant win, and I remember watching a good part of it on the Whip Around show and I, I don't know if saying you were in control is the right term, but you certainly were holding them at bay for most of the second half. Well, I think it got off to a great start against us. Uh, and we talked to our team, you know, in the, in the day leading up to it, you know, just about we're going to get knocked down from time to time in this game. I mean, they're that good, uh, but we think we're good. And mm -hmm. uh, I said, it's, it's just a matter of getting back up off the mat and, um, you know, keep on fighting. Uh, just keep us within striking distance after the first quarter. I thought that was a big key. We were down 19 to 11 and then went on a nice run to start the second quarter. And uh, I think that really closed the gap for us. We eventually took the lead. And then it was a really a back and forth uh, nip and tuck game. Um, and uh, we were able to beat a great team and uh, certainly excited about that. Um, I'm not sure that we went into that game thinking about anything historical or sure. anything like that as far as the number of wins they had in a row or at home or anything like that. I mean, to us, uh, they were another very good team on our schedule, much like, much, uh, much like uh, the Wheatons and the St. Thomases mm -hmm. and the and the Trines and the Calvins that we played this year and Stevens Points. I mean, uh, very, very good team. But, uh, you know, we think that we've got a pretty good team, too. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think a lot of people saw that matchup as a fascinating one, and I think a lot of people thought that would be the first time St. Thomas really got a true test this season. Uh, and I think some people thought either you or the winner of your game against Whitewater would come out of that. My only concern was the Whitewater game could easily beat you up a little bit and maybe wear you down for that Thomas Moore game. You did have a bit of a slugfest with Whitewater, 78-71, a very good first-round game. How did you guys recover, um, and, and what did you focus on to be ready for Thomas Moore the next day? Sure. I, and I do think that that was one of the best first-round games in the national tournament this year. I mean, uh, I think it was highlighted even in the selection show as uh, being, uh, you know, one of the premier games to watch, and, and, it, and it definitely played out that way. Uh, both teams played very well, and it did take a lot out of our legs. Uh, fortunately for us, um, you know, we're a fairly deep team, um, and uh, I think that you know we were just ready for the challenge. We didn't really think about how tired we were. We looked at more the opportunity that we had. You know, if we played well to advance. Um, unfortunately for us, you know, one of our best players only played you know eight nine minutes that game, and Frankie Buchanan, our leading scorer, due to foul trouble, uh, and so we really played shorthanded uh, against Thomas Moore. But uh, other kids stepped up to the task, and um, you know we found a a lot of grit in some kids that had to play some big minutes. Yeah, it was. you're right. Uh, I, I know I mentioned it on the selection show as being one of those games to watch in the opening weekend. Fun to see. Obviously, at Thomas Moore, so a bit of a of a neutral court in a sense. When you went into the – well, when you got done with the Thomas Moore game, at what point did you guys realize, A, how significant that win was, but, B, just what it did to set you up for this weekend? You know, I I think we were really excited about winning, and and I think we were excited about advancing to the Sweet 16. I, I think that we knew that we beat a very good team, you know, Coach Hand's team from Thomas Moore to get there. But for us, the excitement was greater of where we were going than mm-hmm. I think what we had just done. Um, you know, we. We want to play in big games. We expect to play well when we play in big games. And for us, um, you know, we turned our attention to, you know, Christopher Newport pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, This is a a senior-laden team, six seniors on it. Three of them are in the uh, top four in scoring. Uh, Though you're led by a sophomore in in Francesca uh, Buchanan. Uh, It's 15.5 points a game for her. Also pulling down five and a half rebounds, almost six. And then it's three seniors, Mandy Traversa, Elizabeth Perkins, Angelique Gaddy, uh, 9.9, 9.9. And, and, and I should say Perkins has only played seven, seven games, so I apologize. And then Gaddy, 8.9. And Tyra Smith, a junior, 8.6. So certainly a lot of upperclassmen experience here. And so I almost feel like this is the kind of year that was kind of building for a while. Yeah, I think, uh, well, we want to be good every year yeah that's um, true <laughs> but uh you know i think that when you've got six seniors you you hope that you can rely on their experience and the fact that they played in a lot of big games um and build off of that experience and uh, i always think having seniors on your team does one of two things they either get scared mm-hmm. of it being over and they don't play well or they don't want it to be over and they raise their level of play and this group of seniors has raised their level of play in my opinion you know in the high level high pressure games this year um including last weekend when you look at this season you know you you played some good opponents out of out of uh out of conference um you took on stevens point you took on saint thomas though saint thomas nipped you guys 
Um, you had quite a few games in there that certainly tested you, but even the conference tested you this year. I think this is, might be at least the, the deepest the top has been, Calvin and Trine, in the conversation, and many thought that would be the case. How well has the season prepared you for the NCAA tournament? Well, we think pretty well. I, I, I'm a big fan of our league, and um, I'm also honest about our league. I think mm-hmm. that there have been years where, you know, it's been uh, – it's been mostly hope or yeah. it's been, you know, Calvin's had a great team and, you know, everybody else has been following them. And, you know, I really felt like our league was really good. Uh, like you said, especially in the top tier of teams uh, are, are the teams that near the bottom. Um, a lot of them have new coaches and mm-hmm. are making huge strides. And I, I look for our league to be really, really good in the next, uh, in the next four and five years. So, uh, but we did get really well prepared by, uh, you know the Calvin Albion and trying in in our uh, in our league with a variety of different styles um, with very good players and very good coaches after Calvin on the February 1st and beating them in overtime you had three games against Kalamazoo Olivet and St. Mary's that weren't close and the only reason right. I bring that up is then you ran into trying and Calvin to close the season trying in the end of the regular season Calvin in the semifinals of the conference and they both got you Calvin yep pretty much controlled the game and won 70-53, and then Calvin was close as always. I, I'll admit, I got worried. I saw those two losses. I went, uh-oh, what happened here? Was that a good? Yeah. Was that a gut check for this team and, and maybe part of what is going on now? Was it a, maybe a testament of just the grind of the season or just bad timing? Um, hmm. You know, I, I think, uh, first of all, both those teams are really good. Yeah, so, true. Uh, let's start with that. Uh, <laughs> but the second part is, um, you know, we were running through some pretty significant injury situations at that time. And again, if this is Division One, and um, you know, uh, and, and you're looking at, uh, you know, on the men's side, Duke's got a significant injury. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody in the selection committee knows that, yeah. right? So they all know that Grayson Allen is hurt, right? Or they all know that okay, well, they're playing a man down right now. You know, at the Division Three level that information isn't uh, prevalent. And so, um, you know, we had to work our way through some injuries and certainly some illness uh, through those games. And again, we may very well have lost those games anyway, but um, I was just grateful that we got into the national Mm -hmm. tournament because then we got healthy over that next week. And we were the healthiest we've been last weekend in probably three weeks. Okay. That's significant. So I think that played a yeah. That, I mean that that played a big role. So um, you know, and so I think that timing is everything, right? I think <laughs> in order to play well in the national tournament, you've got to be talented. You've got to be uh, you've got to be healthy, and then you have to have a good draw that matches up well with what your team is able to handle and do. Um, you know, the health part of it came around for us right then. Um, looking at what's ahead, you've got um, um, Christopher Newport uh, in the in the next round. You're playing those games at Ohio Northern. I don't know if you've ever played Christopher Newport. Certainly haven't played him as of late. I don't think. Um, how? What do you expect in this game? What do you see in this team? They're certainly rather tall. Um, and what do you think you can take advantage of? Ooh, um, if anything, take advantage <laughs> of. Yeah, uh, they're formidable. They're they're really good. Um, very well coached. I, I mean, I, I call a spade a spade. I mean, I think mm-hmm. there are some teams that are better coached than others. And, you know, we just have run into three in a row that I think are elite level mm. coached. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm really impressed with Christopher Newport. Uh, you know, they, they play incredibly hard. Let's start with that. Yeah. Uh, and they play a style of play that is up-tempo, 
uh, playing a lot of different people. So I think when, when, when you combine that along with, I think he does a great job of getting them into sets and getting them a great shot every time down the floor. Um, they play a high tempo, they get turnovers, they get layups, but when they don't get layups, they usually get a really good shot on the rim because they run really good offense. Um, obviously, on the other side of that, you've either got Genesee, Ohio, Northern. I know you haven't looked that far ahead. If you're able to get past Christopher Newport, though, it's not like it gets much easier, as we would expect, but it's certainly an interesting matchup on the other side, potentially. Yeah, I think, uh, again, you, you're looking at, um, you know, Geneseo has overcome a lot of adversity, and I think it's really um, steeled them to be uh, to, to handle, you know, even the adversity of, you know, being – thrown from hosting a game to yeah. now we're driving to eight Ohio. I mean, for Geneseo, I would look at them as just saying, Hey, that's just one more challenge uh, for us. And uh, you know, in Ohio Northern, you know, traditionally incredibly strong. Um, they've been the class of the OAC for a number, a number of years now playing very, very, very well. And uh, certainly coach Duran does a great job. They play up tempo. Um, you know, they've got a nice balance in their team of inside-outside game, and they're playing at home, and they're awfully good at home. People don't realize how long maybe you've been at, at Hope. You've been there since the 96-97 season. You haven't had less than 20 wins in a season since 99 when you first hit 20. Um, you're used to going deep in the tournament, though. It's been a while since you've gotten this far. It's been about four years. I know it doesn't get old, but after 520-some-odd wins – and a winning percentage in the high 800s, what drives you now? Um, the next practice, uh, mm. the next game, um, you know, the next young woman that walks into my office and, um, you know, you get to mentor them about not just basketball stuff, but um, getting jobs. I've got six seniors and, you know, we're sending them all off to grad schools and jobs uh, immediately after they uh, graduate in May. So, um, the stuff that drives me is, you know, just the opportunity that's right there in front of you, the immediacy of the next practice, the immediacy of the relationships that you have with your players. And, you know, what can I do to serve my players? That's uh, the number one thing. When I wake up in the morning, other than my family and my faith, I mean, I'm thinking about what do my players need for me that day? I'm not thinking about what do I need from them. Well, Coach, it's a pleasure to talk to you. I always love hearing the frankness from you. Uh, that's one of my favorite parts. Uh, I can't believe we waited this long, but it's fun to talk to you ahead of the sectionals. Good luck against Christopher Newport, and if you win beyond that as well. As always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who are tuning in? Well, it would be uh, it would be a great weekend if you wanted to talk to me next weekend. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> we will we will pencil that in if if hopefully you can get past. Well, good luck. Like I said, thanks for taking the time, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot. Appreciate Absolutely. the coverage. Thank you, Brian Morehouse, joining us from Hope. Um, <clears throat> great matchup ahead of them against Christopher Newport. Really, I, I can't wait to watch that game. I'm hoping to see some of it. Um, it's going to be a fascinating uh, X's and O's matchup. And on the other side, Geneseo versus Ohio Northern as well. So we're getting our interviews underway, and we got plenty more ahead. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll stay with the women's theme. We'll talk to Scranton, who's in St. Louis, to take on Tufts. It's a rematch of the Elite Eight game last year in a different location in a different round. Can Scranton get past the Jumbos this time? We'll talk to Trevor Woodruff coming up in a minute. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. There's a lot more ahead, so stay tuned right here, and we'll be back after this. 
We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. Cheer for the stumbles. The heat should have had that. And the tears that linger. For in those moments, greatness lies. There, you will find the provoked, the determined, the unified. It's in those moments that champions are born. When George Fox University was founded in 1891, its creators envisioned two things, a challenging educational experience and a community where students could deepen their faith. 125 years later, the core of who we are remains unchanged, and our focus on the whole person, our Be Known promise, remains as vibrant and relevant today as it was back then. At George Fox University, you'll never be a number. You will be known. Welcome back to Hoopsville. We're just getting rolling here on Thursday evening and looking ahead at the sectionals. If you've got questions for us, we'll try and answer them, especially at the end of the show. Email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Tweet us at D3Hoopsville or use the hashtag Hoopsville. You can also join us on Facebook Live or our YouTube page, wherever. We have a lot of avenues to answer questions, so bear with us. Uh, we'll try and answer them when we get the opportunity. Going to keep things moving along because we got a lot to jam into tonight's show. Uh, our next guest up is a team that under just two years of head coaching from Coach uh, Trevor, Trevor Woodruff have almost maybe gone a, a further ahead than expectations. Scranton Royals have had a, a long storied history. They are a, a perennial top 25 team, a perennial NCAA tournament team. Trevor Woodruff walks in the door and the level has changed. The bar has been raised. And they're once again in the second weekend. This time, though, out in St. Louis versus getting to enjoy things a little bit on the East Coast. How's the weather? Who knows? But how's the temperature of the tournament? Let's go to the city of Salem Hoopsville Hotline and joining us there, Trevor Woodruff of the 17th ranked Scranton Royals and coach. Uh, thanks for taking the time to join us. Thanks, Dave. Always a pleasure. Um, it, listen, it, I don't think anyone's surprised you guys are having a good season anymore. Uh, clicking right along, but you certainly had an interesting weekend last weekend. Uh, you led for all of 0.6. Uh, of a second against uh, University of New England, and even SUNY IT gave you a bit of a game. I don't want to say that that means anything more than women's basketball has gotten a little bit more difficult, and now you're facing tougher opponents earlier on. Uh, no question. I, I would agree with that 100%. Um, when I turned the film on of UNE, I couldn't believe that was a first-round game uh, <laughs> because they had – size they had kids that could make plays make shots um they're 
extremely well coached. And when you look at their their history, especially recently, mm-hmm. they've, they've done nothing but win. So um, it certainly was a situation where we couldn't uh, sleepwalk and try to work ourselves into the tournament. We were going to have to play right away. And uh, as you said, it wasn't uh, a work of art, but we did just enough to win the game. Yeah, just enough. You guys were three for 21 from beyond the arc. Uh, Bridget Mann, who's certainly usually pretty good, it was one of 11. That one being the winning shot with point six, <laughs> and I'll admit, uh, we were watching it. We couldn't believe what we were seeing. Uh, how big was that shot? And leading up, were, were you guys starting to lose confidence that maybe you could get past UNE? I mean, at some point, the question marks had to start creeping into the minds. Yeah, I think it's it's probably normal when you when you go through an entire game and the ball just doesn't seem to go in that you know you start to hang your head a little bit and question whether or not it's it's your night. Uh, but to our to the credit of, uh, of our players, they just kept grinding. I thought defensively late in that game, we were really good uh, against a good offensive team, which gave us a chance. We made just enough play. Sarah Payunk had a huge steal um, possession before uh, we got the, the final shot just to, just to even give us an opportunity for that moment to happen. So, um, you know, when we were in the timeout uh, before the last play, we drew it up and, uh, Bridget said afterwards in the press conference, her first thought was, "Why is he drawing this for me?" Uh, because because she was she'd been 0 for 10 at that point. But really, in our minds, we never even questioned who we were going to run the play for. It was just a matter of of how and who was going to get it to her. So uh, fortunately, we got her the ball, and and she made a huge shot at the right time. I could see that uh, moment happening, and you saying maybe if there's anybody got any questions and understand what we're doing, I could see her raising her hand, going, "Are you sure?" <laughs> Are you positive? <laughs> well, the funny thing is, after the game, we were in the locker room, and uh, my assistant held up the marker board. Uh, they didn't erase it mm. uh, after we drew up the last play, and they said, Coach, can you believe this play worked? <laughs> because you look at the marker board, and it's just black marker all over the place. You couldn't you couldn't see who was who and where they were going. It was just a mess, <laughs> yet it worked. And uh, just kind of some laughs after the fact. I guess if we... If we had lost, it wouldn't have been so funny. No, no. no. If you had lost, it might, the season might have looked like that marker board just a little bit. Um, <laughs> I, and then you took on SUNY IT in the next game, and you had to have been watching their game earlier on and watching Steve Uray put up 43 points and thinking to yourself, oh, come on. <laughs> well, it wasn't that she got 43. Uh, she got 43 in coast mode. Like she, yeah. she did, It hardly looked like it she wasn't hard. It. Yeah. No, it, she made it look so easy, and and uh, you know they were playing a good opponent, and she just she's different than you know other kids that I've seen at the Division three levels, and her ability to put the ball in the basket from everywhere at any time in a single with a single defender, a double team, it just doesn't matter when when she's got it going, you're you're virtually helpless. Um, so you know that made the, the quick turnaround pretty difficult because. Yeah. Um, you try to put a scout together for somebody that can do whatever they want. It's it's almost virtually impossible to to really stop them. Um, you ended up beating them by by eleven. It was somewhat tight for most of the game. You went from shooting three for twenty from beyond the arc from five to twenty one. Are you a little bit worried about the shooting woes? What what appears to be shooting woes at this point? Granted, your your regular shooting was up about seventeen percent, but you know your outside shooting seems seems to have been missing last weekend. Well. Yeah, sure. I mean, you're always concerned. I, you know, I'm not going into the game tomorrow saying I hope we miss. You know, obviously <laughs> we we uh, 
we know we're going to have to make shots and, yeah. and just getting shots against toughs is sometimes the biggest part of the battle. And then if you're able to get them, uh, you better shoot them quick because you're not open for very long. So, yeah. you know, we're, we're going to have to make some shots. There's no question. Uh, we're going to need some people who maybe haven't made a lot of shots the whole season to step up someone off our bench, uh, our role players to make some shots. So, you know, when you go into a game like this against this type of opponent, you've got to do just about everything right. And certainly, make shots is, is a big one of those. Uh, when you look at this team, Alexis Roman leads the way. She's your inside presence at six foot one, 17 points a game, shoots 61% from the, the field, 71% from B, from the free throw line. By the way, 157 attempts at the free throw line. It's just ridiculous number uh, for anybody. Bridget Mann, second, 13 and a half. Sarah uh, Pionk, uh, 11 points a game, 9.4 rebounds. So you've got those two inside presence, and then you've got the outside uh, in man, and of course, some other players. I, I don't want to, to uh, leave them out, but you know, Payonk's got your most assists. Man's got your second most assists. So it's really this this three player kind of team in some senses. But there's more to that. What is the more than that? Well, I think you know, like most good teams around the country, uh, it's not just one or two people. It's you know, we've got we've got tremendous role players that fill in the gaps for us, and uh, it's no secret who who we go to, who yeah. our first and second pitch are. But, you know, if you leave if you leave Mackenzie your eye open, she's gonna make a shot at uh, Katie Broderick, all the guards that we we play and even the substitutes, uh Denise Rizzo, our first sub on the interior, these kids can play. And you know, and maybe in, in some other programs uh that don't have uh three players like we have, these these girls would play a lot more and their statistics would be way up. Um it's just, you know, they understand what their, the situation is, what their role is. And at this point, I couldn't be happier with how they've uh, fulfilled their role for us. This season started off 16-0. and uh, I saw you yep. at game number 14 when you won that one. I wouldn't say anything shocked me or surprised me. It's about what I expected from you. Maybe a little bit down, but the opponent you know, can mm-hmm. have a lot to do with that, certainly. But then right. two games later, things kind of seemed to unravel a little bit. Uh, Catholic finally nipped you in overtime. I don't think a big surprise, though, was at the long center. Uh, you beat True, and then you lost to Elizabethtown and Moravian. So you lost three out of four. And I remember thinking to myself, whew, you know, what, what, what's happening here? What am I missing? Is Maybe what I saw at game 14 was really true, that they're not as, you know, blow away spectacular. But at the same time, you came out of that, and you've won nine since. Was what what happened during that stretch, and what is different now about the team from that stretch? Um, well, I, I don't, I can't tell you exactly what it was. I know uh, the thing we put our finger on was the defense. We mm-hmm. simply were not playing defense at the, the the way that we had for a year and a half to that point. Yeah. Um, and when you look at the numbers, you know, for example, we lose to Catholic. They scored. You probably have it in front 82. of you, 82 points. Yep. When you look at the next two times we played them uh, at the yeah. end of the regular season and then in the conference <laughs> final, yeah. I think they scored 88 combined or something. In yes. two <laughs> and so when you when you look at the uh, that, I think we kind of figured out that it was our defense. We were uh, giving up too many easy baskets. Um, and so we just went back to basics. And we sat the girls down and said, here, here, here's the issues as we see them. Um, and if we don't change, then we're going to keep having uh, losses. And uh, nothing's guaranteed, no conference championship, no NCAAs. And 
they really bought in. And some of our younger kids got better. Uh, we made some adjustments to the rotation. We decided to go with maybe more defensive-minded players. Uh, that's when Lily Warhafta came into our rotation. She's been a, a really bright spot for us down the stretch. Um, so that, that to us is, is what it was. Our defense in the last eight or nine games has been uh, back to what we expected to be. Yeah, and certainly the scores indicate that. Um, you know, low scoring, you're right. The next few games against Catholic, uh, they scored 44 and then they scored 42. So you pretty much, they hit their total from the previous game with two yeah. extra points. Yeah. So it is defensive minded. How how concerned are you? I mean, it feels to me like you're a team that needs to dominate, not dominate, but have defense control the tempo and not necessarily be one of those come from behind in a, in a high scoring affair. That is not going to work for you. Oh, that's probably accurate. I don't think we're a team that wants to score to get into the high seventies and eighties. Yeah, uh, I think on any particular day we could we could play that type of game, but. Uh, we're certainly more methodical. I, you know, the way I talk to our girls is we we want to play fast and aggressive, but uh, we don't want to shoot when our big players, our uh, inside players, are back uh, mm-hmm. behind half court and haven't gotten down the floor yet. So, yeah. you know, we have to be smart about uh, tempo and certainly run when the opportunity presents itself. But understand that um, our our bread is buttered with our with our inside players, so we got to make sure they get touches. Well, interesting enough, you're going to take on Tufts yet again. You played them in the Elite Eight last year at your place. They've got the same mentality. They want to, they want to be defensive-minded. They want to have low-scoring affairs. This is no surprise to you. You could probably go back to last year's tape and just re-scout from that point. What, but what do you need to do to get past Tufts this time? What, what did you learn maybe last year? What have you seen this year that you realize that's going to be our key? Well, you're right. I think in a lot of ways the teams are mirror images in terms of style of play. Um, you know, their strengths and our strengths kind of uh, reflect one another, both inside first uh, with capable uh, guard play. Um, you know, to me, it, it really, in a game like this, we have uh, two defensive-minded teams. Uh, it really comes down to, and it sounds crazy, it comes down to the offense. Who can make hmm. some plays? Because you just figure there's not going to be a lot of easy baskets for either team. Uh, you're going to have to work for everything. And, you know, whoever can finish through contact and get a big three-point play, or uh, if you do break someone free on the three-point line, who, who makes the shot? It's, it sounds simplistic, but um, two good defensive teams, the, you know, somebody on offense generally is going to have to make a shot or two, and that'll be the difference in the game or – you know, it could be the free throw line, things like that. So it's going to be a close game, I imagine. Um, I don't see us blowing them out, and hopefully if we play to our potential, they won't blow us out. So um, whoever makes a shot at the end probably uh, is going to have the best chance to win. It's, it's, it sounds simplistic and, and silly, yeah. but that's the way I see it. And then on the other side, I know you haven't looked that far ahead, but if should you beat Tufts, you've got either WashU or Oshkosh waiting, which is certainly going to be a, a different style altogether. Can you guys get, I mean, this is an unfair question in some ways, is can you get out of the weekend? But more along the lines, of, is your team situated or you know have the experience from last year to feel like, yeah, I, we can get out of this weekend? Well, I know when we started the season, you know, we asked the girls to sit down like, like most teams and, you know, talk about, let's put our goals on paper. Mm-hmm. And that was the first thing that they said. We want to, we want to go to the final four. So I know that's, uh, that's in the back of their mind. I think they understand the challenge that's ahead of us. Uh, you, know, you got two. You're going to have to beat um, two ranked teams, no matter how you look at yep. it. 
potentially two in the top six, I think, in the most recent rankings. Yep. Um, and one potentially on their home court. So, you know, if we're able to be playing next weekend, um, it's almost like we got to the Final Four already because this feels like a Final Four pod to me as I look at it. Um, I don't know a whole lot. I'm still learning the, the women's game, but <laughs> yeah. I know I knew the name of Wash U and I knew the name of Tufts <laughs> and I knew the name of Oshkosh before I ever coached women's basketball. So that means they've been doing things right for a long time. Yeah, yeah. no, you're right. Car- Carla Barubi, uh, Brad Fisher, and Nancy Fay have been around just a little bit. They kind of know their stuff. Uh, quickly yep. before I let you go, you are new to this. Obviously, we, we've talked before about that. Not going to rehash that all. But how, how, your transition now that we're talking to you two full seasons in, what have you? What are your thoughts on the transition to women's game? You certainly seem perfect for it. Well, I appreciate that. My my players may disagree. I, I know we have some we have some fans who definitely disagree. I yeah, could, well, I could, I could forward you those emails if you want me to. I might I might be uh, getting them too. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I've enjoyed it. I've been spoiled certainly with the the caliber of players that I that I inherited, um, and the level of program that I inherited. You know, there are a lot of people who could have gotten this job and, and had the same same sort of success. So. You know, I, I'm not taking that for granted. I understand that um, we've got a lot of work ahead of us to keep this thing where it is, and I feel blessed to uh, to be here and, and have the opportunity to coach them. Well, thank you for taking the time to join us. Uh, congratulations on another tremendous season for the Royals. Uh, keep raising the bar there, certainly, and that's impressive to say the least. Uh, as always, give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Well, as always, Dave, every chance I get to tell you what a great job you do, I want to do that. Um, because you do. And the work that you guys do is in a lot of times thankless, I'm sure. Uh, but in Northeast PA, we appreciate it. And I'd also like to give a shout-out to all those people that are back in, in uh, Scranton and the surrounding area that support us and do everything they can to make our girls feel special. I know they appreciate it. And uh, as the coach, I, I couldn't be prouder uh, of where I work and live. Well, that's a, that is well said. Thank you for the kind words. Uh, I'm sure they'll be enjoying the games as much as the rest of us. Good luck, and we'll talk to you soon, I am sure. Okay, take care, Dave. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Appreciate that. Trevor Woodruff, again, joining us from the 17th-ranked Royals. He's right. It's going to be, uh, no matter what, if they get out of this weekend, they will have proven themselves certainly on the national scale. Not that they haven't already. But these are two very difficult games should they be able to win. We'll be uh, keeping an eye on them. Fascinating to see the matchup. I love it. It's out at WashU. I know Scranton fans don't love it. But I, I, I like that these student-athletes get a chance to play at different places and to be able to play at a place that is the 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 UConn of Division III and well before UConn existed and about when Tennessee was starting to come on. When you get a chance to play at WashU that is so rich in the Division III history, that's an outstanding opportunity, and I hope the Scranton team enjoys it, win or lose. I hope they get to enjoy that when we come back we'll switch gears talk men's basketball craig cars has already announced he is retiring at the end of this season we've known that for a little bit of time but he finally made it official so we'll talk to him about that decision about going home in the sectionals against and and basically 15 miles from his house he will get a chance to take his team and play for the chance to go to salem what that means to him in his final season that's all coming up we'll talk to harden simmons you're listening to hoops will presented by d3hoops.com for the wbca and abc studios more hoops will after this educate your student body faculty staff and local community on how to prevent sexual assault and how to support survivors to recognize that non-consensual sex is sexual assault to identify situations in which sexual assault may occur. 
to intervene in situations where consent has not or cannot be given. To create an environment in which sexual assault is unacceptable and survivors are supported. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. At George Fox University, our promise is that every student will be known, personally, academically, and spiritually. To be known means professors and staff know you by name. It means you're valued, encouraged, and challenged. It means we'll listen to you and with you as you pursue God's call in your life. At George Fox University, you will never be a number. You will be known. Visit georgefox.edu to learn more. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying this show. We're rolling around here on this Thursday. Lots to jam in. Uh, I want to thank the coaches so far that have appeared. Going to switch gears, talk men's basketball now. If you didn't see the article earlier on D3Hoops.com this week, Harden Simmons, uh, head coach Craig Kars has announced that he is retiring at the end of the season. It's something that we've known for a little bit of time, but he wasn't ready to announce it. I think when you're coming home to Marietta, basically coming back to a place that he grew up 15 miles from, probably spurns the idea his team is into the sectionals they will take on number one Whitman they will be playing 15 miles from where he grew up and in an area he started coaching basketball what does it all mean to him well coach Cars joins us on the Hoopsville hotline sponsored by the city of Salem and coach welcome to Hoopsville sir thank you Dave it's good to be here I appreciate you taking the time um first and foremost uh it I'd be remiss not to say that you know we've talked about this we kind of knew that this was going to be the end of the season. It seems fitting, though, that you get to, the season will either end or you get to go to the championship weekend via your home area. It's uh, it's just remarkable in my in my philosophy. I I have to believe it's uh, what some people call an omen. And mm. uh, for me, uh, Virginia, uh, my family is uh, has originated. Some parts of my family have originated in that part of Virginia in the Salem area over towards Petersburg and then uh, Marietta, Ohio, just across the river from where I grew up, the town where we kind of did a lot of our shopping and uh, going to movies and different things. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's very nice to see some of your uh, stomping grounds that uh, you started on uh, and to be able to wrap up your career in an area like that. Um, when's the last time you were in the area? It's been about three years. Okay. And uh, my uh, um, uh, father passed about three years ago, and uh, I was here 
to wrap things up. My mother and brothers had uh, uh, already passed, so uh, I was here about three years ago. Uh, but uh, this is where my uh, home is. This is where uh, my wife is from, and uh, so this is our roots. It certainly is, as I said, fascinating that you get to come home to those roots, in a sense, with your team. Your team's playing pretty darn well. We'll get to them in a moment, but you know, your your career is pretty storied, uh, to say the least. Uh, you're one of the rare coaches that has coached at every divisional level of the NCAA plus the NAIA. You and I have talked in the past. We won't rehash, but your success at LSU and your recruits, even at uh, even before LSU, of success not only in in college level like the Shaquille O'Neal's, but onto the onto the college onto the NBA level. But you really seem to have had an affinity for the small college, whether it be Bethany or West Virginia um, State University, or out in Montana at the D two level, or at Hardin Simmons. It feels like D three or the small college has certainly been your calling. It's uh, been a uh, major part of my life, Dave. I grew up in a very, very small community in West Virginia, a coal mine town, give or take 2,000 people. Uh, I think at this time about 1,300, but back in our heyday, I think we were around 2,000. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I went to the D3 route to a school called Bethany College, uh, which was um, north of where I grew up, like Marietta. is just across the south. Yeah. But Marietta is in Ohio, Bethany's in West Virginia. And um, I coached there, uh, got started with a, a man named Jim Daffler, uh, who's a, a legend at Westminster College, which is D3. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually uh, was at Marietta College and Capital uh, University. And uh, so I, I got my start there, and, and it, it's just kind of in my blood, that, that level. I, I love D3 because their players are paying to play, so to speak. Yeah. And they're not crying about, I need a stipend. I already have a full scholarship, but I need a stipend and another pair of shoes. You know, most of the kids at D3 buy their shoes. Uh, most of the kids at D3 are excited after the game to stop at McDonald's or get the choice to stop at, uh, in Texas, Whataburger. Uh, and then we do our pregame meals with Subway. Uh, so it's, it's kids that really love to play basketball. The ironic thing is the NCAA does not allow us to coach these kids except from October 15th until the end of the season to where, as you know, the D1s and D2s are working with those kids now all year round. Mm-hmm. And uh, So I just love the, the purity of it. I've always loved basketball. I knew in 1966 when I was at a state tournament in Huntington, West Virginia with my high school, uh, I just knew this is what I want to do. And for me not to coach now, it's, it's, I have no idea what I'm going to do, but <laughs> for health, for health purposes, I naturally need to step away. Yeah. And, uh, I just, I have no concept of what it's going to be like because, uh, I am, uh, soon to be unemployed and unbenefited. And, uh, I don't know. I've been telling those ladies at Walmart that I'm going to take that job <laughs> where you come in the door and say, Hey, how you doing? But, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do yet. Yeah. Uh, we <laughs> so. talked a little bit about your health and stuff back at the d3hoops.com classic. That's kind of where your team kind of emerged out of the season. You guys were pretty banged up early on, uh, hadn't had the best of starts. I mean, not a bad start by any stretch of the imagination, uh, but four losses by that point uh, compared to sure. seven wins and or six wins. And then we saw you, or you got, I should say seven wins, seven and four coming in, and then you saw Salisbury, <laughs> and you beat Salisbury, who was ranked, and then you saw Wheaton, and you beat Wheaton, who was ranked. And since that Shriner game, you've won 18 of 20. 
This team seems to be clicking along pretty nicely. The only two losses came back-to-back against Concordia and Sol Ross State. Otherwise, this squad has, has played pretty darn well and played all kinds of different scoring games. Yes. We, uh, you know, when we saw you in Las Vegas, Dave, we never had our starting five together in one game until we got to Vegas. Salisbury is the first time that we had everybody there. And uh, since then, as you said, you know, we've, we've gone on a nice run. I really don't believe uh, that we've even still, we, no, I know we have, we haven't got close to our potential. We, we're getting a little better here and there, but we, we just play, depending on matchups and depending on who we're playing and how we have to play, uh, you know, to find ways to win. But we're still uh, putting it together. Uh, we have seven seniors, and when you have seven seniors and one junior that really plays, and, and Caleb Spoon, and uh, we're, we're still scratching it together. But I think that happens at D3 because these kids have to be developed. They, Nathaniel Jack and Dwayne Hopper, who are two mainstays of ours, they didn't even get off the bench as freshmen. You know, they came in and, and just developed, and now as seniors, they're still developing. And uh, I think that's the way it is across the board. But we do have seven seniors, and they're very mature. And uh, they have been there, and they've done it. And uh, they've been in championships ever since they were freshmen. But uh, we feel very good about where we are and that we'll, that we'll represent ourselves well. You're picking a, a fine year to, to leave. Nothing against the program, but five of your seniors are the leading scorers on the team and five of the six uh, double figures. Nathaniel Jack leads the way, eight nearly 19 points a game, 12 rebounds a game. Christian O'Neill at 16 points a game. Justin Jones, a preseason All-American at 13 points a game. Deshaun Dixon, nearly 13 points a game. And Dwayne Hopper, 12 points a game. All of them great, but I, it, it's amazing the talent you have in Nathaniel Jack. He's he's a he's an every tool guy. You know, in baseball they call him a five tool guy. He can do everything. He contributes in every way. And what I'm amazed by is as good as he is, and as much as he can do everything, like a Magic Johnson back in the day, he makes his teammates better. Yes, you're exactly right, Dave. He uh, he came in here about six one, one sixty eight, and now he's about six three and a half, one nineties, and uh, just. We told him the other day, hey, you made player of the year in the South region. He goes, oh, yay. And uh, <laughs> so that'll make you a first-team All-American. He said, yay, I'm going to take a nap. And uh, that, he doesn't – our guys, they don't even want awards. They don't even want to hear that. They don't even like it. Uh, they just want to win. And they all feed off each other. Justin is really our guy. But he had knee injury less than five minutes into our first game. And we – played the second game and you play emotional when you lose a guy like that and we won and then the third game they found out that he was going to have ACL or MCL surgery and he would be done for the year and that day we found out right before the game and our kids just they just went poop and uh, that game we got it's the only time we got beat all year to really get beaten we got beat and uh, we were playing a team TLU that had everybody back and we'd beaten them the year before in the NCAA and uh, so they were ready to play and they got us. And uh, then on Monday, the doctors MRI'd and said, hey, it isn't what we thought, and we're going to be able to uh, get him through the season. But he nurses it every day. And, uh, you know, it's uh, there are bruises in the knee and different things that he had. So he, he's never been himself. As you know, he's mm-hmm. one of the top five shot blockers, I think, now in Division Three history in the last couple years. And he didn't even make all conference in our league. That's kind of interesting. But uh, a lot of our guys didn't 
make any of that. But uh, uh, he's really uh, the straw that stirs the drink. But Jack just, that's his roommate. That's his best friend. They don't do anything without each other. And uh, they're they're just, and several and Jack just said, hey, Justin's out. I'm going to pick up the slack. And then every game, Jack uh, said, hey, I'm going to help because I know he's really hurting today. There are days he couldn't even walk. And now, you know, Jack has really developed himself, as you saw out in Vegas. Yeah. And he developed his talents, which is what's beautiful about Division Three. You know, kids that didn't, they got overlooked because they weren't ready yet. They're not big enough, strong enough, fast enough. Or he was from a little tiny, tiny town in Mark, Texas. And uh, he uh, developed his game. And he's not now. He's just starting to learn how to play basketball. He... Uh, He's become real good, but he I think he definitely could have at least been a quality D2 player. Before we let you go, i got to ask you about Whitman, uh, the number one team in the country, undefeated coming in. Um, certainly a good test. I think you guys have played some Northwestern schools, if not Whitman in the past, um, but I, I just don't remember when. I know some Texas schools have played some of those Northwestern schools in previous seasons. Uh, in in a way of just kind of getting those cross town type things taken care of, what have you seen with Whitman across town, cross country? Um, sure. What, what have you seen in Whitman? What do you expect in this game? This one's going to be one of those marquee events, if not all of them, but certainly this one will have a lot of eyes on it. Well, Dave, when you look at this pod that we're in, it, it's almost—I would seriously doubt that—and not to take anything away from anybody, but I would seriously doubt that the Final Four next week going to have four teams as strong as they're potentially in this pot. And uh, with Whitman, uh, we have not played them. There have been okay. teams uh, in our area like Shriner and yep. uh, uh, TOU and them this year that played them. Uh, seems like most of the time when our people play them, it's at their place. Yeah. You know, they they do a wonderful job scheduling. I think Whitman had 21 home games this year and you know 20-some games uh, in that part of the country. I do know they went to Florida, and they and Marietta had a good shootout in Florida. But uh, they're not going to change for who they play. They're one of those programs that you have to uh, stick with your style and system and be patient, which takes maturity, which I think we have in our seven seniors. There are a couple sophomores and juniors, even a freshman. Uh, So I do think our kids will be able to uh, work towards running our style and system and not falling into – uh, you know, going in towards what they do, which is an up-tempo pace, a forcing of turnovers, force 21 turnovers a game, and and getting to the rim a lot uh, from those turnovers. Uh, so I, I know they're not going to change their game, and uh, they shouldn't, <laughs> and we're not going to change our game. So I think it'll just be a wonderful game of wills, and uh, I think it'll be an exciting game. I think it'll be fun. They're very tough. Their kids mm-hmm. are really tough. They're mentally, physically, emotionally tough. They're very well coached, naturally. They and Whitworth are two teams that uh, almost are twins mm-hmm. and uh, they both are just wonderful division three programs. And uh, uh, I feel bad for them that they're not hosting a tournament being, uh, you know, a number one team, but being yeah. in that part of the country, I feel bad for us because yeah. uh, we have some teams in our conference that, you know, Concordia, Letourneau, uh, you know, Mary Harden Baylor on a given night, you know, you know, so many teams in our league, so Ross uh, that are, easily could be here doing the same thing that we're doing and uh but we're located in an area too where we've been just getting one out of our league in and uh it's uh it's a tough part of the country uh washington and and texas and as you know california and then there's nothing there for the nevadas and montanas and dakotas and 
Utahs and Idahos, and uh, uh, it's a Division Three is a, a large number of schools, but it's an Eastern type of mentality yeah. and now Midwest. And I'm well aware of that because I that's where I started. Exactly, you know, and, uh, <laughs> I was part of that. And uh, first time I got an airplane went from uh, Pittsburgh to Indianapolis for Bethany to play Rose Holman. <laughs> so came into Pittsburgh yesterday, and I said, you know, this is the first time. I was ever on an airplane. I don't want to even begin to guess how many times I've been on an airplane or <laughs> what parts of the world since. So, so it's going to be fun. It, it'll be a blast. It's fun to. It, we're just having a blast. You know, we're we just really enjoy each other. And uh, when it ends, we know it's going to end in ten days at the latest, right. or it's going to end in a, in a day. And we have been so blessed uh, to have had this time together. It's just been, you know, they talked me into coming back and last spring, and then. Some of them came to Montana last summer and drove all the way up there. Dwayne Hopper and Justin wow. Jones and Nathaniel Jack and about 1,300 miles and spent a few days at my home and talked me into coming back. That's so, pretty amazing. Uh, I really haven't done anything. It's These kids have done it all, and I just uh, ride on the bus. Well, Coach, <laughs> you've done a lot in your career. Um, we, we have appreciated what you've done in Division Three. We certainly look forward to seeing what, you, what your team may be capable of doing this weekend. Um, before we let you go, though, we want to give you the chance, as we do with all guests, to get the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Well, I really appreciate what you guys do, Dave. You know, I've been on that highest level at Division One and been with programs that were top in the nation and been in 30-some-odd national games and tournament games. And uh, what you guys do, uh, you don't get to see it every day. You don't see on the ticker uh, the NCAA scores from Division Three. Uh, you don't hear the news, uh, Division Three. We actually, we don't have a lot of news, of uh, bad news, you know, from the Division Three levels. But if it wasn't for people like you, and they are few, uh, Division Three would have basically no uh, visibility of any kind out there. So what you do, our kids watch and listen to you guys every day, and because uh, you are their ESPN, you are their uh, voice, and uh, I can't thank you enough because you're not making. The, uh, the big dollars, I'm sure, because I'm not, and uh, that's just fine. We're not going to break the Tenth Commandment and covet about what all those other guys get. But uh, uh, what you do uh, is more appreciated than you guys will ever know. Well, thank you. Appreciate that, sir, especially coming from you. Um, with your storied history, I really do appreciate those words. Um, well, good- as my wife would tell you, and I have to get this in, with 49 cents, you can take my career and go to the post office and buy one stamp. So... <laughs> <laughs> your wife keeps you grounded sir does she not yes she does <laughs> mine does too um well congratulations i will look forward to seeing you i'll be in marietta this Thanks, weekend Dave. uh take awesome. yep i'll look forward to seeing it look forward to the game good luck good. and uh I, besides me seeing you soon um i realize this you know who knows if this will be the last time we've seen you or talked to you on hoopsville but thank you for taking the time to join us on the show in your career you have a great evening dave Thank you, Greg. Take care. Okay. Bye-bye. Coach Greg Karst joining us from Hardin-Simmons. They will take on the number one ranked Whitman squad coming up in Marietta. Game time, 5 o'clock. Should note, Marietta doing a split session, as is Babson. 5 and 8 o'clock, and they have sold the building out. These are going to be two awesome games uh, in Marietta. I am very much looking forward to being out there and calling the games. We are way behind schedule, so we're going to get going. Coming up next, we go back to some women's basketball. We'll go up to Minnesota. Uh, by the way, in this interview, you're going to hear me reference St. Thomas as being in Minneapolis. 
If it's not this one or the Whitman interview, I, I do mean St. Paul. I just completely misspoke. But coming up, we talk to St. Thomas's head coach, followed by Whitman's head coach in women's basketball, then Williams's men's basketball coach, and then Augustana's men's basketball coach. That's all ahead here on Hoopsville. You're watching Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. A ton more still ahead. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. At George Fox University, our promise is that every student will be known, personally, academically, and spiritually. To be known means professors and staff know you by name. It means you're valued, encouraged, and challenged. It means we'll listen to you and with you as you pursue God's call in your life. At George Fox University, you will never be a number. You will be known. Visit georgefox.edu to learn more. Defining moments. Championship dreams. Share the experience with your family and friends. The 2017 NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship, March 17th and 18th at the Salem Civic Center in Salem, Virginia. Visit NCAA.com slash tickets for your tickets today. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you are enjoying our Thursday edition, our sectionals preview. What twist is coming next is the question we're all wondering. Well, it's because it's been a fun first weekend, as we've all talked about. Second weekend is on tap, and we're getting ready for it. I just got done talking to Coach Craig Kars uh, at Hardin-Simmons. We're going to switch gears now, talk women's basketball, and talk to the number two team in the country. They are hosting the NCAA uh, second weekend, and they'll get an interesting foe in Marymount the first round. Uh, the St. Thomas Tommies having almost the best uh, season in school history. They're just short of that mark, but they'd love to improve on that particular season. And getting past this weekend would certainly do in part to do that. So joining us on the City of Salem Hoopsville Hotline is the head coach of the Tommy's Women's Basketball Program, Ruth Sin. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville again. Thank you for having us. We're really excited to be in this position and have this opportunity. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time. First and foremost, I find it somewhat interesting. Uh, beginning of the season, you came all the way out to our neck of the woods in Westminster, Maryland, on the first weekend of the, of the season to be at the McDaniel Tournament. Uh, I'm, I'm kicking myself because we had the Hoopsville Classic about 15 minutes away and we couldn't get up to see you. But uh, it was an intra it's a different start than you normally have done. I, I haven't seen you on the East Coast all that often. No, we haven't. We usually go to the West Coast. Um, it used to be where you needed to have regionally, um, you know, regional opponents that yeah. you had to do with your non-conference. And um, 
I think it was about two years ago that the NCAA says it, it just needs to be regionally ranked opponents. So then we decided, let's go out east. Uh, let's see what kind of basketball that is, and let's have that experience. And it was it was fantastic for our young ladies to see a different style of basketball than what we see in the Midwest and the West. Yeah, you certainly did in Juniata and McDaniel. Interestingly enough, the scores were almost identical. Beat Juniata 77-43, beat McDaniel 74-43. Uh, came back and got right back into the uh, into the central region and uh, and west region in gusto, uh, taking on Stevens Point. And then you, and at that point, you started clicking along, uh, and you and you even headed out and, and played a, a tournament out in Bluffton. Uh, even got a chance to play Hope. Uh, got some good good opponents in there before getting into what everybody knows is a very jam packed um, Mayak schedule. Was there a certain point in this season that? You you kind of knew that this special year was upon you that that maybe you could pull off what you're pulling off right now. Well, you know, last year when we finished the season, we graduated only one starter, yeah. only one starter and one senior, and so we returned the core of our our, our group, and 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 they were hungry. We made it to the Sweet Sixteen. We lost in the in the first round of the Sweet Sixteen, and so I, I think they. From that point on, they were kind of like we wanted more, and mm-hmm. and and we needed to understand that we've got a special group. So if we can really work hard and improve, and that's all that's why we we kind of embarked on the schedule that we did is because we knew that um, we wanted to be challenged. Um, I have a quote in my office that says, "If it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you." Mm-hmm. And so we really have focused on just really being challenged and trying to get. To, to our best level, and so the girls have have done a really nice job with that, and so we 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 put forth our best effort. When you look at uh, you know the history of this program, you know 2012, 31 and two, uh, 2015, the year we were alluding to, went 30 and 0 before losing. Uh, the first game of the season, of course, in the NCAA tournament, which I know stung. Um, lost to Thomas Moore in the what was it? The sectional finals, I believe, Elite Eight. So we're kind of correct, correct, kind of knocking on the door of that one again. Obviously, hosting sectionals this time, which is a little bit different. Actually, I don't even know. Have you ever hosted sectionals before? Last year. Oh, was last it last year? year? Was That's the first right. Time we have, yeah. The yep. last year was the first time that we had ever had the opportunity to host the sectional, and then. Um, and and we hosted and we lost that first night. Yeah, so, um, how easy I can forget. <laughs> yeah, no, that's okay. But um, we don't forget because we right. Warburg cut down our nets. <laughs> exactly, Warburg did, and of course Warburg ended up being on the, in the same pod as you, and, and luckily you've missed them this time. But my question for you though is, you've been knocking on the doorstep, and I've had a lot of people ask me this question all season: Is this the team that can kind of? breakthrough as it were not only um you know maybe get out of this weekend and get on to the championship weekend but potentially without too much pressure go on and, and maybe contend for a national championship is what's making this team different is this the team that can do it well th- this team is um one of the things that's very special about this group is that they've really bought into what us as coaches are talking to them as having a really narrow focus mm. um because like when you do have expectations and um you know the undefeated season there can be pressure and and we have not looked at it at all in that aspect 
we have kept our focus on opportunity and how do we improve and how do we grow. And so this team has gone ahead and done those things just by keeping a narrow focus on what's important now and, and what's important is this game. And so right now, our only focus is the Sweet 16 and Marymount. And Marymount's got a great team with a lot of balance. They, they run a fantastic system where they're all so disciplined to it. And so, you know, because we've kind of really just focused on what we have control over now, that that's put us in the position to be able to be 29-0 and and be in this position. And we'll talk a little more about Marymount in a minute, but I want to ask you about the conference a little bit. Um, the conference in the last couple of years has certainly gotten better, especially at the top and deeper. Uh, one game ahead of Gustavus Adolphus, you guys had a fascinating regular season matchup and a tremendous championship matchup. Bethel was only two games back. A little bit of a drop-off when you get to St. Benedict and St. Catherine, but nonetheless, three teams at the top is not what we've normally talked about. How much has that depth uh, also helped your team maybe prepare for this NCAA tournament run? Uh, and and this is going to sound a little strange. I know you don't play a double round robin anymore, but almost do you almost wish you maybe got an extra game with Gustavus in there or whatnot to give yourself an extra challenge during the season? Oh, absolutely. I mean, the Maya Conference, and and, and I know everyone says this when they come onto your show, but <laughs> everybody's conference prepares them, sure, you know, to be their best because your conference opponents know you inside and out, mm-hmm. and so a lot of times you can't play to your strengths. You, you're having to play, you know, to 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 that next option. And Gustavus and Bethel were great representation of our, our conference. I mean, Bethel. Bethel was a team that only lost to Gustavus enough, mm-hmm. and 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 they were just playing so well at the end of the season. And then Gustavus, and and I know you had um, Coach Kelly on the on on the show after we had our one Maya conference right. game down at Gustavus, where they had three thousand people in <laughs> yeah. attendance for a Division three game. It was just fantastic. I I told the girls before we even started, I said, just look at this. Mm-hmm. This is awesome this is why we play ladies you know enjoy every minute of this and so it's been fantastic but i agree with you um that's the downside of not going a a double round robin is because we only get the quality opponent like gustavus and bethel it's on a draw situation so you don't know but this year it would have been great for all of our schools Bethel, Gustavus, and us to play each other twice. Yeah, um, it was a fast, uh, a tremendous um, atmosphere there. Unfortunately, those are one of those you got to book the guest before the game, and you just hope you guess right. But either case, I thought we were going to get the right guest on because the game was building to so such a high level capacity, and then you repeated in the championship game. Um, you granted the outcome was a little bit different. You guys a little bit more in control. Um, but still a, a high, you know, must-win type scenario going in. You enter the NCAA tournament, and your first opponent is Superior, and nothing against you guys, but I thought Superior would give you a bit of a game. I think they're a little bit under-heralded, and, and you basically roll them over. Did you expect that to be a tougher game? Did that one even surprise you guys, or is it maybe just me? I, I think Superior did a nice job. Um, I, I think the level of the play in that first half and you know how it is you never know what the moment's going to bring with your athletes and and you try as coaches to prepare your athletes for that moment and I think in that first half I think the superior players were a little overwhelmed 
and, and we we were fortunate enough because of that. But if you look at the second half, they came back and they swung, and yeah. you know, there's no fight. You know, there's no quitting that team. There's only fight, and and so they did a much better job in the second half. And and our girls, you know, they they've been in this stage, and that's why we play the hopes and the Bluffton's and yeah. the Stephen Points. So so when we get into this moment, we've been in these big games, you know, and so I, I think we're a little bit more fortunate to understand what the big games are and how to approach it and how to make it ours. I almost feel like that's the difference with this squad this year. Um, I almost feel like in the past when the big game has arrived, you guys haven't been as prepared. And that's not a knock necessarily. I just mean because of the amount of Mayak games that you have, sometimes you don't get the schedule you want out of conference. And the conference has not been as good as it has been the last couple of years. So you do feel more prepared this year. And that clearly was evidence when you took on Chicago uh, in the second round. That's a team that is certainly battle-tested this year. Gave you a heck of a game. But you guys looked a lot more composed than I've, I've seen in a number of years. It, it was great. Correct. I, I was very proud of our kids. Um, as I said, as a coach, you know, you want your girls just to go out and dare greatly and not get caught up in what this means and, oh, if we lose and, and, and feel that pressure. They just You just want them to embrace the opportunity. And Chicago is a phenomenal defensive team. Mm-hmm. I mean, they do things to you and they try to isolate <laughs> the ball. And I give their program and their coach so much credit because they came in there and they had their plan and we thought we had countered it. And the thing about it is we had to continue to find different ways to be able to attack and adjust and and, and be successful and a lot of times as you are coaching your young ladies you start to see doubt or Mm -hmm. you know maybe sometimes apprehension and the girls didn't waver um they kept saying what's next how do we have to and it was solution based solution based Mm -hmm. and and in the fourth quarter we found a way to open it up a little bit in a 10-point run and and that kind of gave us that opportunity but again it's holding fast to we're going to find a way we're okay in adversity we just have to stay together and 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 find a way to to make it ours this team is outscoring its opponents by more than 21 points a game uh you have three seniors and two juniors so relatively a young squad um which is probably bad news for the rest of the Mayak. Um, but you're led by those players. Uh, Caitlin Longer, the senior, Gabby uh, Zara, the senior, and Lauren Fisher, the junior, pretty much your double points scores. Uh, Caitlin, 19.5 points a game. Uh, Gabby's 11.5 points a game and nearly 10 points a game for Lauren Fisher. Eight rebounds we should point out for Langer and 5.5 for Fisher. Um, uh, clearly, this is a team that those three certainly help control, but there's a number of players you're playing off the uh, off the bench. You go deep on your bench this year. How how much is this team maybe a little different in terms of depth and in terms of leadership than you've had in the past? You know, they do a great job of all finding something to contribute. Um, you know, right now you, you talk about the stats and, and the on-paper thing. But, you know, we have a point guard, Paige Gurness, who is just an emotional leader, and she she's the one that puts us in the right position and delivers the ball and defensively. Um, you just don't want to mess with her. She's just one of those people that just are annoying because she's always there, you know. Mm-hmm. And so every, everybody understands that they have gifts to bring, and, and they've really accepted their roles, and, and, and they're really playing well in those roles, and that's why we've been successful. 
Um, Marymount ahead. Uh, this is, as you pointed out earlier, a, a little bit of a different team, a different style. Um, certainly a little bit of a, an unknown. You were not coaching in 96 when last time St. Thomas and Marymount met in this round. Marymount's coach wasn't even on the team. She might have not even gotten out of high school yet. Um, so this is a little bit of a, an unknown. As much as you've been in the in Atlantic, I don't know how much Juniana and McDaniel are going to prepare you for Marymount. So I mean, what have you seen so far? What do you expect from this matchup? A great team. Um, you know, obviously, we're moving into our preparation for them. But, you know, a lot of times when you're preparing for for, for people, it, it, the biggest thing is, is, is their personnel. And, yeah. and they've got great players that have great personnel. Their post player has excellent footwork on the low post. But one of the things that is really impressive is how disciplined they are mm-hmm. and how they play to their system and how they're constantly um, in control of the game and the tempo. And, and they've done a great job. And for them to go into Guilford, and um, I, you know, I saw I saw the, the place was packed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that was not a, a welcoming environment, but they <laughs> were just cool and calm and collected, and they did a great job. So. We're going to have our hands full, and we're looking forward to having them come here at St. Thomas. Well, I appreciate you taking time to talk to us about the the upcoming game. Obviously, we talked a little more about the history than normal, but uh, certainly I know the campus is excited. You're at home. You're undefeated. I am kind of curious, though. Do, are you feeling a little bit of pressure here? The men are out of the tournament. They're the defending champs. Now everybody's kind of focused on you. Or is this more about just enjoying the experience and there is no pressure? It's about enjoying the experience. I mean, when you set out to begin the season, you talk about being in this position. And so we want to welcome it. And and as I said to you before, it's what our perspective is. Our perspective is this is opportunity. This is opportunity that we want. And what we want to do is just invest in and enjoy every minute of it. And so the girls are just focused on what they can control. And that's, you know, that's the process of getting better and improving. And in the game, it's going to be about a narrow focus as well. And we're going to take quarter by quarter. And, and now with the timeout, we're going to take yeah. round by round by round. You yeah. know? And so it's just keeping that focus and, and, and controlling what we can control. Essentially breaking quarters into eighths is is how Correct. you could look at it and, and play a, almost mini games along the way. That's a lot of times we talk about it's like a boxing match. Yeah. It's, it's, it's different rounds that you're going now. Yeah, very good, very good example. Uh, this t- the only difference is you you definitely know you got to go the whole length. You, it's ne- not going to be a knockout. Correct, correct, correct. There's no knockout. <laughs> yeah, there's no way this is ending early. <laughs> well, coach, I appreciate you taking the time. Obviously, a big weekend on the other side. You've got Whitman uh, and uh, and Trinity, though. I, I certainly don't expect you to have much of a scouting report on those two. You got to get past Marymount first. So I appreciate you taking correct. the time and join us. I know you're busy, so we'll let you go. But always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those? who are tuning in well again thank you so much for all that you do for division three women's basketball and men's basketball um you know there there's a book that says make the big time where you're at and it, it's so true about what you learn from competition and 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 it, you do that you make division three something special something to be um cherished and, and and we really do appreciate all the support and all the coverage that you give us because the young ladies and the young men that represent our programs all of our programs they do it for one reason they they love to compete 
and they really love the idea of being a part of a team and something special and how we can create that team environment. I mean, there's there's nothing like it. And so I really do appreciate all you guys do to promote um, our sport. So thank you very much. Well, thank you, Coach. Your words mean a lot to me. I appreciate the. I love the title of that book. I'm going to go look that one up. Um, but thank you so much. Uh, good luck this weekend. Uh, enjoy it at the very least. And uh, hopefully we're talking about the uh, Tommies uh, next weekend, but I know we're going to be talking about the Tommies next year as well. Good luck. Thank you. You take care. Thank you. Rusin joining us from the the St. Thomas number 2 ranked women's basketball program. Again, they got Marymount coming up, Marymount 24 and 5. On the other side of the bracket, I mentioned it. It's Trinity versus Whitman. Guess what? Coming up, we'll talk to Whitman's basketball coach, Michelle Ferenc, before they got on the plane to fly out to St. Uh, St. Thomas. Uh, that's coming up here on the show. If you've got any questions for us, the information scroll on the bottom of your screen. You can always email us, tweet us, Facebook Live us, etc. You're watching Hoops Hole from the D3 Hoops doc, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. Back with Whitman's point of view when we come back. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games, leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. I used to never really talk, ever. I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. When George Fox University was founded in 1891, its creators envisioned two things a challenging educational experience, and a community where students could deepen their faith. 125 years later, the core of who we are remains unchanged, and our focus on the whole person, our Be Known Promise, remains as vibrant and relevant today as it was back then. At George Fox University, you'll never be a number. You will be known. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. ready for uh, an exciting weekend of basketball. Certainly looking forward to it. Again, we've been answering questions when we can throughout the show. You can always email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Tweet us at d3hoopsville or hashtag hoopsville or join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hoopsville. Reminder, any of you hoopsville or join us on Facebook at Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. 
Welcome back to Hoops Hill, everybody. Hope you're enjoying the show. It's our sectionals preview as we get ready for uh, an exciting weekend of basketball. Certainly looking forward to it. Again, we've been answering questions when we can throughout the show. You can always email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Tweet us at d3hoopsville or hashtag hoopsville. Or join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hoopsville. Reminder, any of you who are listening to the podcast, email us your questions. We'll answer them on Sunday's show if we're on the air, weather permitting. But the next show, for, certainly, we will get to that and uh, try and do our best. We may even just email you back if, if that is easier for you as well. Um, so we're still talking about the, the St. Thomas uh, bracket. Just got done talking to Ruth Sin. Uh, one of the other fascinating matchups in that grouping is Whitman versus Trinity, and certainly two very good teams will be playing on a neutral court in that one. Getting a sense of what it might happen, well, let's talk to one of the teams that maybe, uh, well, all of them are hot, but this one certainly is on a roll as as we speak coming in. The Whitman women's basketball team is rolling along, and Michelle Ferenz joins us from the 16th-ranked Blues. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville. Thanks for having me, Dave. Good to talk to you, as always. I appreciate you taking the time. should mention uh, their travel <laughs> and, and other things like practices and whatnot have uh, will not – this is not a live interview. We're pre-taping this yeah. to fit this into Coach's schedule. We should mention she hasn't even left the state when we're talking here as we get ready for Hoopsville. <laughs> nope. uh, it's a magic trick. They'll already be there by the time this airs. But, Coach, this is – you know, obviously it's great to be in the NCAA tournament. I know you guys would be at home, but at the same time, you, you've got a great opportunity to be in the second weekend i know you want to take full advantage of that oh definitely playing uh you know we're just looking forward to not playing a northwest conference school so it's <laughs> yeah. been uh it's been a it's been a roll <laughs> yeah that way yeah i mean let's i mean we'll get right to it uh the last five games i think you might know the opponents uh george yeah. fox and puget sound I, I if really if we had known i don't think you needed to play the other 20 some <laughs> odd games this season i think i think you had this one wrapped up in this five it, it was, yeah, I mean, you know, the between the conference tournament, well, we ended with Fox. Right. And then we turned around and played Fox um, in the first round of the conference tournament, and then UPS, and then turned around and repeated that in the uh, <laughs> in the first and second round of the NCAA tournament. So, uh, yeah, very, very, very familiar with, uh, too familiar at times. Um, but, you know, um, obviously very good competition. So top, top of our conference as always was very good so. i'll have i'll have to admit you 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 played the conference closer against fox and the game basically meant uh -huh. who was going to host the game the next uh week in the conference semis uh -huh. we knew the two of you were going to be in that semifinal game it's just a matter a uh, matter of where and and fox beat you guys 65 62 close game certainly but in my head i thought okay this changes the equation a little bit george fox is going to be at home that could be to their advantage granted you had beaten them uh -huh. earlier in the season there but it also changes regional rankings, maybe puts some more pressure on you guys. I really wasn't sure uh, what would happen from there. You've won four straight since, beating George Fox and Puget Sound twice since that game. Um, uh -huh. Going four and one in that turn was the was that game? Did something happen after that game that just kind of kind of fired the cylinders a little bit more on this squad, or is it just happenstance? You know, I I think. Honestly, you know, we were we've been a, a good team all year. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're not, and I mean, we've you know we've the games that we've lost, we've lost to Puget Sound twice in overtime, lost to a underrated Lewis and Clark team on the road where yes. we just you know, didn't get off to a good start, but a very good team, and you know, and then lost to Fox at you know um, at our place in a very close game where I honestly thought you know neither team played great offensively, but we really were bad. And, <laughs> I don't know how else to say it, but 
you know, this has been a process uh, for this group. They, they've had talent at times really shown what they could do, but putting it all together has been a challenge. And I, and for some reason, I think just, you know, just got their backs up against the wall. It was, it was just time to win. And, and there's been very capable and, you know, really, they've been a fun group to coach really young. So we had a lot of growing. I mean, we've half our rosters freshman sophomores or more nine, nine of our 14 are freshman sophomores. So it was a growing up process more than anything. And I think we just finally grew up at the right time because they, those games, you know, those last four games weren't easy. They were close. Um, but we definitely took it to another level. Um, consistently which was nice because we'd shown signs of it inconsistently you know um you know but really put it together um you know the last couple weeks so um feeling good i mean and those are good teams i mean you guys and fox are good i mean those clark's good so um we'll feel feel battle tested a little battle beat up but also battle tested yeah we saw lewis and clark at the d3hoops.com classic in vegas i agree with you Uh, very much an underrated team there. very good uh, squad and by the way, we should mention of the eight last eight games, you've actually played Puget Sound and George Fox six times, three each. Uh, the only two oddballs in there are Puget Sound and Lewis and Clark, or uh, Pacific Lutheran, I should say, and Lewis and Clark. Yeah. So you've gotten familiar with these teams. And I'm I'm kind of curious though, as this moved on, not only in the conference tournament, but as you got into the first weekend, which you, you guys are unfortunately a little bit familiar with having to kind of uh, eat your own, as it were, in the conference to get out of the NCAA tournament and move on. How do you keep the team, though, focused on the opponent because they've now played them so much or they just saw them a few nights before or or a week before? Do you have to find new ways to, to remind this team or or scout or whatever the case may be so that you don't take a take a loss, if that makes any sense? You know, I, I do. I mean, it does make sense. I mean, it's, it's a balance. I think, you know, we 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 took the approach that there's always some, any game any opponent there's something we can do better mm-hmm. and so we we took it from that standpoint like okay yeah we were successful we you know we um you know we felt like we you know UPS went to overtime with twice yeah. and you know and so i think our players just we just knew we could beat them you know um and we just needed to put together the the whole game, which we just hadn't done to that point. Sure. And so it was like, what do you do? What how, what are the things we have to fix? And I don't know, you know, um, that's the expression of familiarity breeds contempt. Maybe that mm. is the, uh, I don't know, maybe that was us. I mean, maybe it fired us up. But sure. um, for our group of, of players, just the continuous improvement, we just kept going back to the drawing board. Like, okay, these are things we have to do better. And um, they kept, they kept, learning and they kept growing and kept getting better and so did, i mean the thing is you know you kept the fox were both young and improving too so you know it just kept raising the bar um but it was a yeah it was a it was you know i mean it's a, a mental trick i guess i don't know what else <laughs> to say it is but uh you know because you turn around and you just won the conference tournament right. played really well beat you know you know played two tough opponents and hostile environments and then you turn around and the nc says hey you got to do it again. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and so, you know, the, there was a, there was that moment of frustration and, sure. you know, but then it was, then it was, okay, okay. This is the NCAA tournament. You've earned this opportunity. You know, what are you going to do with it? Exactly. And that was kind of our approach. And, and I'm sure that's what Fox and the UPS were saying too. Like they weren't, they couldn't have been thrilled to see us again. No. And <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, I mean, honestly, I mean, great respect for, 
for, I mean, I, I coach in a great conference with a lot of very good co- coaches yeah. and I have tons of respect for him, but you know, I, I was ready to see Mike and Lori over the summer and I'll be honest. I wasn't really, <laughs> I was really ready to take a break and I'm sure they were ready to take a break. So, but, um, so I think that was, it was, it was a challenge, but I was proud of how our team responded. The games weren't easy, but you know, we found a way. So, um, what? that's, something to build on when you when let's talk about the end of the game though with Puget Sound because uh yeah crazy is a good word um ridiculous is another um Uh I don't remember how much you led by at one point but Puget Sound started chipping at you in the fourth quarter and and they kept getting close and they kept getting close and you would kind of push them off and they come back again and you'd push them off and they come back and at the end, I remember we're doing the whip around show and, and one of the guys made it sound like oh I think this one's over I said ah just wait yeah. And, you know, the the end was frenetic. Uh, they take a three that was. that was in a different area code that comes well short. You get the ball. They steal the inbound, force up a three. They get a foul. They go to the free throw line. I mean, at some yeah. point, this is going nuts. Um, yeah. There's problems with the clock left and right. Yep. Um, yep. I, from your vantage point, by the way, you know, m- make the first one, miss a second one, completely blow the third on a purposeful miss. Then they steal the inbound and nearly, you know, throw up a heave that could have yeah. gone in. Did your heart stop at any point in this <laughs> sequence? Because it's one of the crazier finishes I've seen. It felt like you guys were holding on. I think we were. And, you know, um, when we went back and, you know, obviously in the moment, you don't have a chance to, like, evaluate. Right. But, you know, after we've gone back and watched, um, again, a learning experience. We did a lot of things wrong, you yeah. know, down the stretch. And we've got some young players, and uh, they and the things we had consistent, consistently done well all game, we quit doing. Mm. And um, you know, we we broke down defensively on a couple things that gave them, you know, they. Have, I mean, I remember at one time out um, down the stretch, I just looked at them and I said, "Hey, they were going to come back." This is a good mm-hmm. team. This is a good battle. You, how can you expect them not to come back? Given our history over the last, you know, <laughs> this is our fourth meeting. Yeah, I mean, these all these games have been tight and um, overtime and everything else. So I remember looking at kids and it kind of calmed them down and got them refocused. But okay. um, again, a work in progress. And when you go back, we we did. I mean, they they hustled around. They flew around. They gambled. Yeah. They made a couple tough, you know, couple tough shots, but. We honestly broke down. We did not handle the situation very well. We ran away from each other. Um, and like I said, we had two huge defensive breakdowns that yeah. we had not done the whole game. And, um, yeah, so, and then I think finally, you know, the heave, you know, the last second of the point four, we just wanted to get it to the backcourt. Sure. It. You know, we wanted to get as far away from there as possible. We didn't care if they touched it. No. And, you know, it was one of those things where it's like, we just need to get it away from, there was like all these bodies in this one little tiny yeah. container. We needed to get it as far away from all the bodies as possible. And so, you know, but no, I mean, I at no point in time did I think we were going to, that that game wasn't going to be close. Sure. And um, I think a little bit of that mental fatigue of, here we go again. Yeah. You know, um, we needed to, we, we need to not be, we just shouldn't have been that way. So again, <laughs> like I said, I was, I think Mike, Lori and I were already not each other for a while. And, um, <laughs> you know, and, you know, and I think the players get that way too a little bit. I mean, we, we really have to beat up on each other out here. Yeah. Um, geographically, we're so isolated. We, I don't know if any, I mean, maybe, maybe you know, Dave, because I mean, you, you have the pulse on everything, but 
I don't know any other conference has to play each other four and five times like we do. Not, not in the modern away era. From each other. Yeah, I mean, not yeah, in the not modern era. Modern. Maybe the maybe the Texas <laughs> schools, if enough of them get out. Yeah. Um, but no, exactly. olden days, yes. Um, yeah, yeah. Back in back in the late nineties, when we were much more geographically isolated in the bracket, yes. But yeah. yeah, not in the modern day. I mean, you guys certainly are in a yeah. tough spot. Um, moving on, yeah. though, you've got Trendy. I assume you're a little bit yeah. worried with the breakdown at the end of that game and, and waking this team up. But you've got a number seven team in Trinity, Texas, with one loss in yeah. the season. The conference is certainly familiar with Trinity. You guys are not as much. And you're playing it on yeah. a neutral court in, in you know Minneapolis. Uh, how are mm-hmm. you guys getting ready for this? What do you expect from this game? I expect it. I think we actually match up really well. I mean, I don't, I don't know how they're feeling about it, but I look at, um, <laughs> I, I look at that what you know their strengths um, and their personnel, and I think the teams match up well. But I, I think it's you know obviously we went back to the drawing board after the UPS game where we almost you know blew it, and yeah. it's okay now. What do we need to get better at? Because I, if this is tournament time. Games are going to be tight, and you've got to execute down the stretch. And I, I think that'll be. You know, I think that'll be the same. I mean, they're twenty-eight and one. Yeah. They're, you know, they 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 also play Fox and UPS early. Um, and, and I, think, I can't remember. I think Fox went into overtime, and uh, UPS lost by like two or three. So that's a barometer. Hey guys, guess what? Trinity's pretty good. This is gonna be a tough game. Yeah. And uh, but you know, the nice part is is um, you know, we're in the Sweet Sixteen, with uh, and we're excited. We're playing well, and they're playing well, and. Uh, so yeah, we're we're I think a little bit is uh, the pressure's off for not having to see yeah. Fox or UPS this weekend. So, uh, but you know, Yay. but I, we're yeah yeah exactly. I mean, it's been a kind of you know it's been exciting just to be in the situation we're in and have this opportunity, and we're gonna try and make the most of it. But um, we know we're going into a you know a very tough pod. Yeah, they so, went overtime you know, with, with George Fox, and they and they and they had a three point game with Puget Sound. Yeah, yeah. So that gives us a barometer, you know. Obviously, that this is uh, we match up well, and you know, statistically, we match up, you know, um, in terms of what they do well and what we do well. Um, we're kind of mirror images of each other in a lot of respects. So, um, yeah, I think it's gonna be a great game. I really do. I uh, think it's gonna be a great game with uh, what will be the tipping point. Um, you know, I'm not sure. You yeah. know, But I think I, I think it'll come down to who can. Uh, you know they've got some high-powered offensive players, and you know, um, you know, so we're going to have to slow them down a little bit. They're 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 a great transition team. You know, they get up and down the floor, and uh, their guard play is really good. So um, we're going to have to we're going to have to deal with that. And if we can maybe slow them down a little bit, you know, we'll we'll be in business. When you uh, talk about your team very quickly, uh, before we let you go, Chelsea Brewer, your uh-huh. uh, your lone senior. I mean, how many seniors? I've, I... I have I have two seniors. Two seniors, yeah. Um, I forgot about Kettner. Two seniors, yeah. At least Kettner and Chelsea Brewer, yep. who um, were freshmen on that team that went to the to the Final Four. Yep. And uh, Chelsea and Elise are you know big part of why we're we're having a good year. Yeah. Um, you know, good. Just uh, Chelsea's you know been our leading score pretty consistently all season, but we're not a team that has a twenty like Trinity. We have you know two or three players you know mm-hmm. in double figures and um, you know so we're not you know we don't have that one person averaging twenty you know Chelsea I think is about thirteen or fourteen and yep. um, you know right in that range but then we have Casey right there and Emily right there and at least not far behind you know so um, you know our balance is our strength and sure. 
I think that same with Trinity. But no, Elisa and Elise and Elise has really stepped up um, defensively. She's been great rebounding wise. I mean, Elise just does a little bit of everything. Sure. I mean, handles the ball, so kind of allows Chelsea to run around and be the shooter. <laughs> so, <laughs> nice. Chelsea's really become Chelsea's become um, this year. I think one of our reasons for improvement. She's really become a much better defender. She. Um, yeah, she's just done a nice job. She's long and she's quick, and I mean, it's kind of, um, you know, if they think they're, it's funny because with those two, they're kind of um, they've always, they're they're similar in in the position they play, but I couldn't ha- tell you they're just such different people and players, you know, and they're very complementary to each other. Lisa is my outgoing captain, and Chelsea's mm-hmm. my quiet one, you know, and mm-hmm. just their personalities has really been a um, an interesting fit. For four years, but it's really worked out nicely this year because they really complement each other. And with such a young team, they've just been—they've just been a kind of the, the leadership, leading the way, playing with a lot of heart and a lot of energy and toughness. And uh, I think our our, our youngest have kind of uh, benefited from that. They've—they've they've seen how they have to play, and that's been a big part of us getting where we where we are. You guys have not traveled much this year in the sense of outside of your area. You had one trip to Honolulu. Yep. I feel horrible for yep. you for that. I know that was difficult um, right before <laughs> I had to get Christmas. Out of the winter somewhere. Yeah, yeah, I know. And, and you know, to Honolulu, which again, you know, yeah. for those who haven't listened to Hoopsville earlier when we talked about this trip from the Northwest, that's not that big a trip. Uh, from us East yeah. Coasters, that's a long yeah. trip. But for you guys, it's yeah. kind of a hop, skip, and a jump. Um, yeah. But this is your, your biggest trip since. You're also going east yeah. in, instead of west. Um, you're you're traveling in the day before. How how would yeah. you hope the team responds? How you what are you trying to adjust so the team can respond? Well, we, we tried not to change our routine too much. Um, you know, we were kind of a day before travel team. Um, okay. You know, so we decided to practice here, and then we'll, we'll get on the court at St. Thomas, obviously, yeah. um, when we get there. But um, you know, we decided to try and just stay here and practice today, and then also. Um, like probably every other school you've talked to, we're in the middle of midterm. Yep. And so, you know, we, we, we just felt like our, our players, we've missed, we haven't been on big trips. We have been on the road. We were home one weekend in February. Mm. And so we've been gone. I mean, almost every Friday for yeah. four or five weeks. So our kids were kind of feeling the pressure academically. And so I think, just staying one extra day and practicing and then, Hey, we'll get up early. We'll get there and uh, we'll get on the court and do what we need to do. And um, they're excited. So, you know, you hope that that kind of takes care of a lot of the travel worries, but yeah, it was, you know, we did it. I know the other, the other teams are traveling today and we're going to get there a little bit earlier, but you know, we felt like we were doing the best thing for us. And so, sure. you know, hopefully, hopefully that, hopefully that'll, that'll work. Um, plus it's earlier in the day, so we won't be nearly as tired. So, Fair point. <laughs> we will. We'll, we'll feel like it's one or two o'clock in the afternoon. It's fair point. Uh, you know. You know. We'll. 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 We'll lose those hours. But I guess you know, being a different time frame. But we're just. We tried to keep the routine as normal as possible. So. Yeah, you've had three home games since January fourteenth. Um, <laughs> yeah, not that anybody's brutal. counting or anything. Um, no. But uh, yeah. So fascinating turn of events to be sure. Well, Coach, I appreciate you yeah. taking time to, to join us. Oh, um, thank you. I know, uh, again, we're talking to Coach well in, well in advance of our show, uh, so she's still got to yep. go pack and then get on an airplane. Um, but I, pre- I appreciate you taking the time. Good luck this weekend. But as always, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share okay. with those who might be tuning in? Uh, no, I just think it's going to be uh, – uh, we're really excited. It's going to be – It's. I 
think it's going to be a great game with Trinity, and we're we're, we're excited to get there. Um, yeah. So we're yeah, it's and I just appreciate your coverage. We've been uh, been following you uh, a lot, and so and you know appreciate you sticking up for the Northwest Conference on Selection Day too. <laughs> <laughs> you know that. we can do what we so can. I know you. I, we, I know you do what you can, and I, and I know, I know you um, have seen the, have seen the quality of our conference and appreciate us. So um, it, that helps that helps a lot. So we appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, good luck. Glad you got out of the weekend and uh, have fun at least. And we'll look forward to talking about the Blues down the road. Thank you. Take care, Dave. Yeah, take care, Michelle Ferenc joining us from Whitman again. The team is uh, twenty five and four overall. They finished uh, tied for second in the conference. But they have made quick work of the rest of their conference, though it was a a, a grind. Again, six of the last eight games were against Puget Sound or Pug- or, or George Fox, th- three each. Uh, and in that stretch, if you are curious, they lost once to Puget Sound, they lost once to George Fox, but they've won four straight. They at least get to play a different opponent in Trinity coming up. When we come back, we'll switch back to some men's basketball. Uh, we'll talk about uh, Williams, talk about another team that's on the roll. Their head coach joins us. Can the Eves get back to Salem? Well, they've got a tough task ahead of them. We'll talk to their head coach about it. You're watching Hoops Hole presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoops Hole when we get back. Cheer for the stumbles. The heat should have had that. And the tears that linger. For in those moments, greatness lies. There you will find the provoked, the determined, the unified. It's in those moments that champions are born. This is why we love sports. It's in the way they play, free from the pressures and all the money talk. Playing for simply the love of the game, where everyone has a shot at their definition of success on and off the field. This is what we love about sports and what we can still love about college sports. Defining moments. Championship dreams. Share the experience with your family and friends. The 2017 NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship, March 17th and 18th at the Salem Civic Center in Salem, Virginia. Visit NCAA.com slash tickets for your tickets today. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying this jam-packed sectionals preview show on this Thursday evening. Reminder, if you've got questions, tweet us or email us or do whatever you need to do to get a hold of us. You can tweet us at D3Hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at D3Hoops.com, whatnot. We'll try and answer some questions at the end, though the end will be a little bit tighter than we normally are uh, spend as we're going to be running a little bit late on the show and have to get going to uh, get 
get packed up and, and head out the door the next uh, tomorrow morning, Friday morning for Marietta. Uh, but we'll do our best to answer your questions if you have any. Don't forget, we'll be hopefully on the air Sunday, uh, weather permitted, permitting on our way back from Marietta. Hopefully we'll be on the air Sunday. If not, look for us to be on air Monday. But we talked about the beginning. We'll talk about that at the end as well. Switching gears now, talking women's basketball. Now we'll talk some men's basketball, one of the teams that basically played themselves into the NCAA tournament. Uh, where uh, and basically became, I, I guess, not really the the fifth and the NESCAC team. Amherst really became that, but Williams made it possible to get five teams in thanks to the way they finished the season, including a win over Amherst in the quarterfinals of the NESCAC tournament, beating Tufts in the semis before losing to Middlebury in the championship game. They've certainly made the uh, decision by the committee, a good one, after beating Becker in the first round, 91-63, and then beating Scranton rather effortlessly, 80-53. Their reward, another Mid-Atlantic team in Susquehanna, a top 25-ranked team, up next. What does it all mean? Where's this program come in a couple years since we've seen them in the championship game with a new coach and a new team, basically? Well, joining us on the City of Salem Hoopsville hotline is Kevin App, the head coach of the Williams-Eves men's team. Coach, welcome to Hoopsville. Hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Appreciate you taking the time. Um, so the curiosity I've got is, where did you guys come from? I mean, you had a great start to the season, but about midway through, I think a lot of people thought, man, this just isn't going to pan out, especially when you finished 5-5 five and five in the conference. But it seems the six seeds love to make runs in the tournament, and Williams certainly was one of those. Yeah, you mean, I mean, like you said, we, we had a um, really strong start to the season. Um, you know, I've liked this group ever, you know, ever since we got started. And, uh, you know, really, I, I think when you look at it now, we had a couple, you know, a couple of rough weeks there in the middle of the season. Um, as this group, you know, kind of tried to find themselves, tried to find, you know, what it meant to, to play with some expectations behind them, um, you know, to win tough games on the road and all that. Uh, we still have, you know, majority of our teams underclassmen. So uh, we kind of went through a couple week learning experience. And, and fortunately, we have, you know, some pretty strong leadership on our team. Um, and they were able to, to right the ship, and we've been playing some some great basketball, I think, the last uh, last five weeks of the season. So, um, so yeah, I mean, you know, I asked the guys at the beginning of the season to kind of treat it as a long, uh, a long journey, a long race, and, uh, you know, not to really look up until we cross the finish line. And uh, fortunately for us, we're, we're not there yet. So uh, we haven't even, you know, remotely looked up uh, to see kind of, um, you know, how far we've come, but uh, we're excited where we're at right now. Yeah, two seniors, four juniors, and ten sophomores and freshmen combined. It certainly is a younger squad. Um, you know, again, it's 11-1 start on the season. I think Wesleyan might have been the only game in that 12 that we all kind of looked at and maybe had given us a clue uh, of what things would be to come in, in the conference tournament. Um, yeah, you had some decent teams in there, the Springfields. I mean, the win over Hope certainly turned some heads. I think a lot of people had high expectations, and then you – and then you unfortunately had that rough spot in the middle. You lost five of seven games, Amherst, Trinity, Bowden, Hamilton, and Amherst a second time. Um, did you guys have to have kind of a, a moment together? Did you have to wake this team up a little bit, or is it more about just riding it out? Because after that stretch, you've only lost two since. Yeah, you know, um, you know, unfortunately Hamilton gave us the wake-up moment by, yeah. uh, you know, really coming at us in the first half at their place. Yeah, that was unreal. Um, yeah, so they, uh, you know, I thought that, second half of that game was kind of where um you know i left there fairly encouraged as you can you know as, as much as you can be at, at one and four um but you know that, i thought our team in the second half you know showed some fight showed some heart and got back to just playing basketball um at a competitive level 
uh, I think, you know, looking back on it, we, we started to worry too much about winning and losing and, um, you know, started kind of, you know, worrying about the outcome before the game even started. And, uh, you know, once we kind of figured that out and realized, hey, we just go out and play, play hard, uh, have some fun together. We're a pretty good basketball team. Uh, you know, I think we've, we've shown that. And uh, the guys, you know, obviously beating Middlebury kind of validated that a little bit, um, that game coming out of Hamilton, uh, you know, and then sweeping that, that next weekend of Wesleyan and Con. Um, and since then, we've been able to kind of, kind of keep it rolling. When you, the weird thing is, you know, Hamilton uh, gets you on the nose there, ninety four seventy six. Then you get Middlebury, um, one of their rare losses in the second half of the season, eighty nine sixty five, and then Amherst returns a favor and beats you by eight. A lot of up and down there in a span of basically five days. Yeah, I think in a league like ours, where so um, balanced and competitive, you know, one through uh, I think nine this year had big wins. Um, you, you know, Bowden. Uh, Bowden even beat us and, and was one shot away from beating Amherst as well. So um, I think what you see, I know a lot's made of us only playing each other once, but only playing each other once, you know, certain teams get to play at home teams. Um, you know, and all that I, I think factors in. Uh, I think, uh, you know, when you play and where you play, uh, you know, I think it has shown itself to be a big part of, you know, kind of what happens in our league sometimes. Um, you know, so during that stretch, a lot of those games were on the road and, uh, we were the standalone team this year for the second time, playing Friday on, and Sunday. So, you know, we're playing two games when everybody we're playing is only playing one that yeah. weekend. Um, so it took us a little while, you know, um, this season in particular. I think the guys, you know, expected to be good, wanted to be good. Uh, you know, so it took us a little while to, to handle that that mental and emotional part of uh, letting Friday go, no matter, you know, whether it was a win or loss. Um, and, and getting ready for Sunday. Uh, I think those first couple of league weekends, we sat around all day Saturday, coaches and players, um, you know, basically putting pressure on ourselves to not drop another one on Sunday or not let it happen on Sunday uh, instead of just, you know, kind of relaxing a little bit and, uh, you know, competing Sunday and seeing what happens. And mm-hmm. um, that's where I've been proud of the guys. Uh, really since that Middlebury game, we've just got to, you know, I think we've competed um, you know, in just about every game, we've had some blips, uh, you know, some bad halves here and there, but, um, you know, we're just out there competing and, and good stuff happens when you do that. Now you got a chance to hope mainly because Scranton could not, their women being at home. Interesting enough, you got Becker in the first round and a little bit of a quirk in the scheduling. You beat them 91-63 and then you had your way with Scranton 80-53. to I think a lot of people expected that game to be a little bit better the way Scranton was playing coming in um, and certainly just the competitiveness uh, that the matchup presented. But that game got out of hand quick, uh, and you guys ended up with a far easier game, and I don't mean that in the true sense of the word easier, but score-wise, uh, than we expected. How did that first weekend go for you guys, and do you feel you, you were tested enough to prepare you for the second weekend? Yeah, I think that's uh, that's half the reason we played so well uh, this past week. Um, been in a lot of different situations, played against a lot of great teams, good perimeter teams, good interior teams, so... Um, I think we saw that that confidence uh, rise up where they they feel at this point, um, you know, we're kind of prepared for anything. And you know, we played. You know, Becker was more perimeter oriented, had some guards that can really score the basketball. Um, and I thought our length and, and versatility uh, defensively, um, you know, guarding that aspect of, of opponents showed itself Friday and then uh, Saturday. Um, you know, a big, you know, they, they screen throws the ball inside a lot. And uh, I thought our post guys 
you know, did a phenomenal job uh, on the defensive end. And, you know, our offense has been, um, you know, growing in confidence, um, especially as our, our defense has picked up. Interestingly, you'll take on 17th-ranked Susquehanna coming up here uh, on uh, Friday and you'll be playing it at Middlebury, a gym you guys are somewhat familiar with. Um, interesting enough, you know, a lot of people pointed to the fact that Scranton beat Susquehanna twice this season uh, in conference. And so a lot of people thinking, oh, Williams, you know, probably going to repeat Saturday night. They may forget that Susquehanna beat Trinity and Trinity beat you earlier this year. You really can't kind of rely on that stuff. How are you guys for this game? And do you have to keep that mindset? Uh, who cares who Scranton beat? You know, this is this is basically a new team. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, as coaches and players, I mean, we don't tend to think that way. I mean, we've seen it. Uh, you know, firsthand in our league that it didn't really matter who who had beaten who. Um, everybody can kind of compete, uh, especially at this you know this time of the season when you only got 16 teams left. Yeah. Uh, they're not they're not there because they're not talented. They came on basketball games, so um, you know we're just kind of treating it like any other game any other week, and uh, know that we got to play at a certain level, um, you know, to be successful this this time of year. This program's come a long way since we left saw it this far in the tournament obviously that was when maker was still coached uh, duncan robinson was a freshman uh, this would have been his senior year i believe um they made it all the way to the championship game knocked on the doorstep of picking up the walnut and bronze maker leaves robinson transfers you come in basically with a bare shelf you've got a couple guys like wall who were still around but basically this team is nothing like the team we saw a few years ago you're led by a senior in, in Daniel Aronowitz, uh, 17 and a half points a game, six rebounds a game, two assists a game. Um, a sophomore in Kyle uh, Scadlock, 12 and a half points a game, six and a half rebounds a game uh, as well. You should point out Cole Teal, the junior, 10 points a game, and, and Bobby Cassie, the junior, eight and a half points a game. But, you know, this team truly is new. I mean, you basically rebuilt, and I don't want to say rebuilt, that's not the best way of saying it, but retooled the program. Once you took over, how far has this program come in in the few years that you've been at the helm? Uh, I mean, we're, we're proud of you know, like you said, I don't know if you know in, the, in our program we ever really have to you know hopefully rebuild or anything. It's just um, you know we had you know some things you can't control. You know, a transfer here. Um, you know, we graduated a big senior class after that national championship game. Um, you know, and then last year. Injuries, you know, Chris Galvin was out half the year, and Mike Greenman missed the entire year. So that took some of our, our, um, you know, kind of veteran presence away from the team last year. And um, you know, so each each year kind of presents different challenges. But um, you know, because of the, you know, Coach Makers, Coach Boston's, Coach Sheehy, you know, all those great teams, um, you know, kind of our history, our culture is able to uh, attract, uh, I think, some some high caliber. Uh, student athletes and um, you know we were able to get some of them into the program and uh, you know as a lot of them got some experience you know the last couple of years as underclassmen which which isn't always here and um, you know they're continuing to grow and learn which is exciting but um, I think you know getting so many of them some opportunities uh, as freshmen and sophomores and you know bring in um, you know Mike Greenman back this year with some some veteran experience and leadership um, yeah, it was really kind of helped uh, the team kind of come here. Uh, you got a chance. You have an interesting uh, travel to this point of being the head coach of Williams. First and foremost, you were at Cornell, played one season. Am I correct? Uh, at Cornell? Yeah, uh, yeah. So I, play, I played. I played at Cornell my entire time there. Graduated in '07. Okay. Um, and then 
my engineering degree for a year. Yeah, that's, and then came, that's the crazy came part. You work. went off into the real world and went into engineering. Talk about polar opposite of basketball. Yeah, it's amazing when uh, Washington, D.C. traffic will do it. It'll convince, <laughs> you, to get in the, it'll convince you to get in the coaching. <laughs> yes, uh, I'm familiar with that traffic. Even the Baltimore yeah. traffic and anything that can keep you anywhere from it. Yes. Exactly. Um, um, but then so you got into coach coaching and, and you went you went up to Williams. That's where you started your coaching uh, tenure. It, it is. It's, um, you know, Coach Maker gave me a, a tremendous opportunity. Um, you know, and it, it's, you know, a great program to start in. Um, I think a great level to start in where you get to really dive, dive in and, um, you know, get to experience every aspect of, of running a program. And then, um, you know, I met my wife here. So when the opportunity presented itself to come back, you know, uh, we were pretty, pretty thrilled, um, you know, to jump on it. I should um, point out that you, you then parlayed that into going back to Cornell and being an assistant coach, moved on to being an assistant coach at Army. I think we've known a few good coaches who've been assistant in Army, both of the Division Three and Division One levels. And then you took over for Maker once he left for Marist. Um, and as you said, you met your you met your wife there etc it seems like williams and williamstown in the northwest corner of massachusetts is is definitely home it's certainly polar opposite of the silver spring uh washington dc metroplex yeah i get to walk to work now so exactly. in the traffic. <laughs> um how much of the d1 experience though are you are you able to use i should point out you did play at cornell more than one year i, I don't know why i got that one year in my head but um how much probably, can you parlay to my stats and thought yeah. it was probably only that's probably where it is, yeah. <laughs> How do you be able to parlay that experience, or do you have to come from it from a different point of view completely? Yes, Cornell is very similar to Williams in the sense of, of an academic institution. NESCAC would be arguably, along with the UAA, the, the Ivy League version of of Division Three. But do you is it? Can you parlay that experience, or are you coming from a different point of view? Um, no, I think you definitely. Uh, you know, I think the, the student athletes. Um, you know, the Patriot League and the Ivy League aren't, aren't too different. You know, they're all, um, you know, driven young men. So it's, you know, I think learning how to, uh, you know, from Cornell and West Point, just, you know, recruiting nationally to an academic school, uh, you learn that aspect. And, uh, you know, I think you learn kind of what motivates, you know, kind of the academic-minded uh, athletes, you know, to perform not only on the court, but, uh, off of it, and um, you know, so you, we get less time here. You know, my experience here as the assistant, um, yeah, I knew that coming in. So that that's really the only difference. You get less time actually on the court. Um, you make up for that by building, you know, uh, more time. I think on campus, uh, you know, since you're not doing as much off campus recruiting, so you get to, you know, kind of make up for the time you you miss on the court but but I think developing some pretty strong relationships off the court uh since we're really here on campus um the majority of the time with the student athletes well it's certainly a fascinating uh road that you have taken uh could talk to you for 30 more minutes about it but we don't have that kind of time and I know you are preparing for Susquehanna so we'll let you go but as always we give the coach the final word any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in uh, no, I mean obviously, uh, Dave. We appreciate the the shows and the, um, you know, just the fan base you're able to kind of bring with uh, for Division Three basketball. And you know, as, as a coach, uh, I think all the coaches this time of year, we're just excited to get another week with our team, another chance to to watch them compete. And uh, that's really all I'm looking forward to. Um, tomorrow's watching this group.
little more opportunity to compete and, and, and hopefully, you know, continue it from there. Very good. Well, congratulations on the run so far. Look forward to seeing what happens this weekend, and uh, we wish you luck. Sounds great. Kevin App joining us from uh, Williams on the City of Salem Hoopsville Hotline. Side note, if <laughs> just in the small world life of things, Kevin went to high school with my brother-in-law. Very small world, but not that uncommon in the Baltimore, D.C. area. It seems like everybody's related to everybody. It's very small to more in this area. But nonetheless, another small world. We talked to uh, Ashley Rogers of Marymount on Sunday. I found out after the fact, good friend of mine and my neighbor went to high school with her. It's a little bit weird, to be honest. But we wish Williams all the luck in the world. Great to talk with Kevin App. Finally, to be honest, first time we've talked to him on the show since he took over the Williams program. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk to a man we've talked to quite a bit, and one that we pro- I would say many didn't expect to be at this point in the tournament. Oh, you lose eight seniors, and you're back in the same spot they were in last year. Augustana, Gray Giovanni's joined me on the show to talk about his Vikings and how far they have come. You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. Back with more after this. We've got more schools than Division One. more Division two and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. At George Fox University, our promise is that every student will be known, personally, academically, and spiritually. To be known means professors and staff game. It means you're valued, encouraged, and challenged. It means we'll listen to you and with you as you pursue God's call in your life. At George Fox University, you will never be a number. You will be known. Visit georgefox.edu to learn more. I'm a Division III student-athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student-athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you are enjoying the show. <laughs> we are we bit more off than we could chew. We're a little bit on overtime here. We've got one more coaches segment, then we'll have a quick wrap-up, and then we'll be done. So last chance to get questions into us. Um, I will give you an idea of how I think things will turn out at the end, though I will not say who I think is going to be winning since I'll be calling it. And I'll be calling the analyst for the championship weekend in Salem for the men's basketball. Uh, but we'll give you a sense of where I think things will head. Also, a uh, reminder of, of Sunday's program, and uh, we'll quickly recap the fundraiser. On that note, uh, final guest. So, Augustana last year, odds-on favorite. We all 
playing for a national championship, considering they brought back everybody from a team that finished runner-up, figured, yeah, absolutely, this will happen. They lost eight seniors. Uh, they lost six top scores. We figured, you know what, they'll retool this year, they'll rebuild. They'll certainly compete in the CCIW, but shouldn't expect much from them. Vikings didn't get that memo. They came roaring back this season. Uh, they are 21-8. and eight. Sure, a few more losses than we're used to, especially after last year's 29-2 and two season. 11-5 and five in the uh, conference. And they're in the Sweet 16. Yeah, definitely didn't get the memo. Ray Giovanni joins us on the City of Salem. This. Uh, and Coach, first and foremost, welcome back to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. And did you guys get the memo? Well, thanks, Dave. We're sure excited to be playing the second weekend, and and uh, I think it'd be uh, uh, less than honest if I said I saw this coming. <laughs> uh, we thought we had some awfully good young players. We knew we'd had a terrific recruiting class, but uh, uh, yeah, it's been a remarkable year, and we're thrilled to be in the Sweet 16 again. Yeah, well, at least you're honest about it. I appreciate that. If you had said I was going to be there, I probably would have <laughs> checked on you. Um, again, this is a team that, you know, got to the Salem Civic Center two years ago, lost to Stevens Point in the championship game. And, and probably, by the way, nothing against you guys, one of the best defensive games I've ever seen from a team. Then last year you get um, into the NCAA tournament, get to the Elite Eight, and, and, and per normal it feels, you ran into St. Thomas in the in the Elite Eight and lost to them as they went on to win a national championship. And again, I thought everybody thought we would just see a retooled team. You certainly would compete in the CCIW. No one expected it at the bottom, et cetera. What, at what point this season did you realize, no, this is this is a different this is a different plan. We've yeah. got a chance here. Well, we uh you know we struggled early in the year. I think there was one yep. point we went through a six game period where we were three and three. Yep. Yep. And then uh, we really hit our stride. We got, you know, some guys in the right places. We had been playing uh, the point, mm -hmm. uh, moved him to the two. Nolan Ebel, uh, another sophomore, kind of emerged. And, you know, we we had uh, just moved the pieces around a little bit and then really hit our stride. We won 10 of our next 11. And we were really running away from the from the pack in the CCIW. We were 8-1. and one. Yeah. Uh, and then and the key player at that point. Mm -hmm. And and uh, and struggled down the stretch, went yeah. three and four, and really had to kind of reinvent ourselves again. Mm -hmm. And so we've moved some pieces around. Some guys have emerged again, and and here we are, uh, really playing some great basketball the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I'll be honest. When Pearson uh, Warford, you know, uh, you know, was for lack of a better term, coach removed from the team. Uh, yeah. I, 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 there's no way to tap dance around that. When he right. left, my thinking was, okay, they've had a guy who's been scoring double figures, 12 points a game, five and a half rebounds. They certainly have some other tools, but that one's going to hurt a little bit. That That's going to sting. It almost felt like you were able to find other players and fill the role and maybe even found a better unit. And that's not a, a shot at, 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 a, at a Warford in any way. I just mean the retooling put guys in different spots, and it looked like it re-energized the team. Well, yeah, he, he was, you know, made so many clutch plays for yeah. us, too, in, in, key, in key points. And um, in losing him, you know, we, we really did have to move a lot of pieces. Again, mm -hmm. uh, Brett Benning went from playing a three to playing a four. Uh, we moved a, a, another guy into the rotation in, in Brandon Shatner, the, the two big freshmen. Uh, we 
really kind of leaned on them a little bit more defensively in some areas. And, and it took some time. Like I said, we, we didn't play great there down the stretch, but uh, uh, really have found our stride once again and uh, are playing awfully well at this point. And it's with underclassmen. I mean, that's the thing is the last two years it was juniors and then the, and then the rising guys becoming right. seniors. And it was this upperclassmen group who'd been together, solid unit. Yeah. You know what? They're going to do well. It just didn't work out. This is underclassmen. I, I mean, Orange is a sophomore. Uh, Sortillo is a is a junior, and both in double figures, and Orange leading the way. Um, you also have Jacob Johnson, uh, classman. I, I didn't. I forgot. Well, actually, J- Jacob is our he's a one, senior. Uh, right, senior he's your one senior in the mix. But you know, we got three sophomores and three right. freshmen that are playing really key roles. And of course, Wolford was just a sophomore as well. So seven of our yep. top uh, eight or nine were freshmen and sophomores. And um, you know, so they again they went through some. Took some lumps early, and we played a great Wash U team. Uh, had a tough loss on the road at yeah. Wisconsin Lacrosse. Um, got beat in the first game of the conference season mm-hmm. by uh, North Park, and then, like I said, won eight straight and looked like we were going to run away with the thing. <laughs> but uh, here we are, and you know, and that's and I think everybody in, in the course of a season get hurt or or sick or, or what you know. You're, there's always some bumps along the way, but these guys have really been resilient and. Uh, you know, to go up and, and play the defending national champion uh, and, and beat them and then to play Whitewater on their yeah. home court uh, and win that game. You know, and we did play very well in our conference tournament. We beat North Park to get into the championship game. So, um, yeah, this group's, you know, they're, they're playing very well. And, and everybody keeps telling them how young. I'm the only guy who keeps saying, you're not young anymore. Now, you're not young anymore. <laughs> you're, you're veteran experienced guys. And yet, you know, I know in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, yeah, they're veteran experienced guys. They're all going to be back for two or three more years. <laughs> Don't don't. But hey, we've already learned this lesson. You can't write into anything. Uh, we can't yeah. assume a, a darn thing. Um, quickly, before we get to what happened last weekend, the CCIW was a little quirky this year. Um, you know, we're used to this conference having a couple teams at the top. You've been there. Elmer's was there last year. Um where it's just you got this group and then there's everybody else and certainly it's a competitive conference and it's a good conference but you have some real dominating teams at the top it felt quirky is the best way i can do it we had a three-way tie between you guys carthage and north park at 11 and 5 um illinois wesleyan were nine and seven illinois wesleyan missing out on the tournament now granted two more teams at eight and eight and then it's a steep drop off to elmers and Milliken. What was it about the season this year? Is this just a retooling year in this conference? And with your youth and some of these other teams, we're going to see it come back? Or with North Park losing a couple key players, Illinois Wesleyan losing a couple key players, might we just be kind of seeing a changing of things in the CCIW? Well, I'd say two things, Dave. I think we, we really were head and shoulders uh, the best team in the league nine games in. We're 8-1, and, yeah, and I yeah. think we're two or three games ahead. Uh, and then we came back to the pack when we had the, the loss of a key player. But I really think what you saw in the league uh, was a very young conference. Mm. Uh, so many of the key players were inexperienced. And, of course, North Park had a, a real key injury in, yeah. in, uh, in losing the Reardon, who's a terrific player early in the year. Um, but, you know, Wheaton had a very good group. Um, you know, we're very young um, uh, I think you go Carthage uh, had some good young kids. They had a big freshman that was the freshman of the year in the conference. Mm-hmm. I really think it was a young conference. Interesting. And I think that's why there was uh, 
kind of nobody that could, could separate it there at the end. You you said North Park. I, I know you meant North Central with Raritan, but North Park also had yeah. to deal with yeah. its injuries. Its two top players right. were kind of on the bench at, a, at a, a couple of different occasions during the season. Illinois Wesleyan right. had to deal with injuries with their top player. Right. Yeah, it was yep. it was an interesting year to say the least. But it certainly proves that next year or the year after are going to be amazing to watch CCIW. Uh, let's oh yeah, I I think you're right. I think the conference will be very very good the yeah. next couple of years. Oh, absolutely agree with you. Kind of like what the WIAC did last year, where it kind of fell off a little bit, but it kind of came back to what we're used to this year. Uh, let's talk mm-hmm. about last weekend. Um, you go up to Whitewater to play, and of course you get matched up with St. Thomas. You're uh, in the first round, as I've joked, you've seen them usually at the Elite Eight and usually at your place. Um, you two had been in the conversation the last couple of years per national championship hopes. Um, right. And, of course, they had dashed yours. Interestingly enough, you get a huge win there. You are down eight with 40 seconds left to go in this thing. I certainly didn't think it was over, but that's a lot of points to make up. You end up winning... Um, by three, so it's an eleven-point swing. I, there's no way you had a play drawn up for this. <laughs> well, it, it actually was thirty-six seconds. We're down eight, <laughs> just and, to make uh, it worse. <laughs> yeah, ball, but uh, yeah, an eleven-point run, and you really have to slow down to replay it. Yeah, to, to appreciate it. But um, you know, some some remarkable efforts, I think, on our part, and a couple lucky bounces. And, uh, you know, 10 seconds to go, it's a tie game, and they've got the ball. Uh, they, they go the length of floor. Yeah. You know, all right, now all of a sudden we've got it with 3.7 seconds in a tie game. And, and Krishan Orange, uh, you know, uh, takes four bounces in less than 3.7 seconds, pulls up on balance and, and mm-hmm. nails one at the buzzer. But, the you know, uh, the Nolan Ebel made a couple big baskets. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's one of those deals where, you know, free throw, and got the rebound and put it back in. You know, some things like yeah. that that, you know, drive coaches crazy. Um, and, and the only thing I can compare it to, you know, last year, uh, Northern Iowa was up 12 against Texas A&M with about a minute to go and, and can't close it out. But it, it was as remarkable a finish uh, as I've probably heard of in, you know, 35-plus years of coaching. Well, and then you double down. The next night, you're taking on Whitewater um, at their place, of course, um, not necessarily a, a huge come from behind victory, but it comes down to the end yet again. Um, and we'll talk about Christian Orange's shot in a minute. I got to I got to relay it from my point of view, but that is a huge win on the opponent's court. It takes another last second shot. I mean, it's almost like we had two dreamlike movies back to back. Well, you're right, and and the second one, I really thought we were going to win it going away. We were up eight with about a minute and a half to go, True. and then we turned the ball over uh, <laughs> in a couple critical junctures. You know, I thought we were going to shoot free throws and win by 10 or 12, but we coughed it up a couple times. And, you know, they're athletic. The crowd's going crazy. Yeah. You know, when you're on the opposing team's home court, you got to be 8 or 10 points better. And and uh, we just – it's a tie game. And, of course, then, uh, you know, the final shot that makes the difference again. Uh, we've talked about your excitement on a sideline, um, your jacket and whatnot. I found it interesting in the first game; it was the polar opposites. It's it's John Tower, who's you know rather poised and rather uh, <laughs> cerebral, is really what I want to get at, versus you. And then in the second, it was the exact same two guys, Pat Miller and, and you. I, I almost wish the production had just put two ISOs on both of you guys, put the cameras in the lower corner so we could watch the entire thing from your point of view. 
Um, <laughs> talk about dynamics, though. But you get you know these coaches well. You all have been through your battles. Um, yeah. As much you had to appreciate it from from both points of view. Uh, absolutely. And first of all, I, I'm not offended that you you would say that John is smarter than I am. I don't think there's any. Well, doubt, I just said but, cerebral, but <laughs> <laughs> but but just a, a fine fine uh, person and an outstanding coach. And yeah. and I would say the same of Pat. Um, and as you said, Pat and I kind of wear our emotions on our sleeves. Yeah. It's just the way we're wired. John, uh, uh, much different demeanor. A lot of different ways to approach things, but um, to terrific programs and outstanding coaches. And, and, and I got to tell you, I, I got a, a wonderful email today. In fact, uh, from John, from, uh, from St. Thomas, uh, wishing us well. And, and gee, what a clash, the class gesture on his part. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, we, we get up there and beat uh, Pat on his home court yeah. uh, against Whitewater and just a, a real gentleman after the game. And I think, um, you know, you've been through enough of these wars over the years and you really appreciate on the other side yeah. of that, uh, score table for sure all right so the final shot um i what i we were showing it on the whip around show and the one thing that we all reacted to though luckily nobody could hear us we had turned our mics off so that the broadcasters could be heard orange goes and just basically steals the ball from his teammate i mean there is no (laughs) other way to describe that the ball's 40 feet from the basket he goes up (laughs) rips it out of his hand has his back turn and goes i'm taking care of this and then proceeded to take care of this. Is that how you yeah. drew it up? It, well, I appreciate it. He asked me if he could <laughs> if he could do it, and I said, "Sure, go get it." We're all on the same page except our point guard. I don't. Yeah, think I don't think he was on the same page. It. But uh, yeah, Chris just said, "Hey, coach, let me let me run it." We knew what play we we're going to run. He said, "Let me run it," and I said, "Sure, go get it." And uh, you know, we didn't want to take a timeout. Didn't want to let the defense set or make a change. We knew what we wanted to run. But you're right, uh, Chris really asserted himself. And he did the same thing. Normally, the, the the night before, we wouldn't have run that uh, with him in the backcourt. But mm-hmm. he said, "Hey, I can, you know, I can get there." And so, boy, when you, you know, as a coach, when you have a guy that uh, really asserts himself and and shows that kind of confidence, you you got to go with him. And yeah. uh, obviously, that's that's how it works. And as a result, you end up defeating the last two champions, uh, Whitewater and St. Thomas, in the first two rounds. Your reward is the other is the wild card of this tournament. Wartburg, sixth seed in the IIAC, go on to win the conference championship and then go knock off Benedictine and uh, River Falls, two pretty well, good teams. If they didn't knock them off, they blew them out. Well, I mean, they won yeah, they destroyed them. 50 points. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely they destroyed amazing. them. Yeah, I mean, by, it's 41 17 at the half. And yeah. everybody that I had talked to said that River Falls was the best team in our section. Yeah. So Wartburg clearly is the hottest team in the in the, in the tournament right now and, and uh, they're going to really be a hand. So what do you? How are you preparing? What do you? What do you see in this squad? Who again was a sixth seed in the conference? Um, yeah. How do you? How are you guys approaching this game? And I realize you're not going to give me an entire scouting report. I'm not right. uh, crazy enough to expect that. But but just from a yeah. layman's point of view, what do you see and what do you guys expect? What do you think? You can well, they, you know they're they're terrific. They they play four really skilled guys. So they get four guys on the floor that can make threes and can put it on the floor and go by it. Mm. Um, the, the two things they do best are they make threes and they draw fouls. They shot 140 more free throws than their opponents. So you've you got to keep them from getting rhythm threes, mm. and then you have to keep the free throw line. And those are, to me, the real two keys uh, defensively. And then 
you know, from the offensive perspective, they've, they've really changed up their defense. They play a real tight pack man-to-man, and they've also shown some, some matchup zone that's really given people fits. Mm-hmm. I, I will say this. I'm so thankful that we've had a week to prepare because <laughs> they are unique. Yeah, they and, are. and I think that that, that, uh, that uniqueness uh, seems to have really given people fits. And, you know, the conference people, it's interesting. When you play in a conference, you know your opponent, you're familiar with their system and so on. These guys got in the NCAA tournament, and people have been stymied yeah. by the play. So, as I said, I, I, I think the week of preparation uh, at least gives us a fighting chance. I know it's on the other side of it, so not necessarily an easy one to, to talk about. But Hope Hanover sitting on the other side. Of course, this is at Hope, uh, which is another yeah. one of those fabled places in Division Three basketball. Anything you see on the other side of that matchup, Ask Warburg? Well, you know, we played Hope last year, uh, I think, yep. in uh, – on the second or third round, and yeah. they've got a number of those guys back. And um, from what everybody, you know, each of course, each of my assistants has one of those teams, and yeah. they're telling me that Hope is just a, a looks like an Indiana team. They said very, very skilled, uh, fundamentally sound, very well coached, and I think they're whatever twenty six and three or something. So uh, I'm sure that would be a great matchup. And if we're fortunate enough to get by this first one, I hope they go triple overtime in the second game. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand why you would think that. Yeah. Uh, can understand why you would want that too. Um, all honesty, is this a team, ironically, that could get back to Salem this year? Do you? Do, I mean, do you, are you confident? Yeah. In, especially the wide open pod. But I mean, is right. this is this a team that legitimately has a chance to be in Salem next weekend? Oh, I think it is. I think um, you know there are sixteen teams that probably feel that way. Sure. but we're certainly one of them. You know, we come in there. And I, I said last weekend, I don't know that anybody, uh, you know, had two better wins. On, but then I turn around and look at Warburg and go, hey, they beat Benedictine and River Falls. Yeah, I saw that in the press conference. Uh, I, I knew we couldn't interrupt you. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, hang on a second there, Coach. Coach, but, whoa, whoa, whoa. But, rain uh, in. <laughs> but I, I, I really like our team right now. I like where we are uh, uh, mentally. I think uh, we're, we're very confident. We've had a, a week to prepare. And, uh you get to this point, you know, and you get a, a couple bounces and, and you, you're, you know, you do the things you do well and uh, you can advance. So yeah, absolutely. I think this is a team that could, uh, you know, could win a couple more games. Well, it's great to see you guys in the tournament on a year that I'll, I'll I freely admit, didn't expect to see you guys in the postseason. Um, but it's been wa- amazing to watch you guys along the way. Uh, good luck this weekend against the quirky Warburg and, and good luck if you get past them against Hope or Hanover. Uh, as always, you know, we give the coach the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuning in? Uh, you know, the the uh, the March Madness, I think, is uh, uh, as much fun, as exciting uh, at the NCAA Division three level as any level out there. And anybody watching these games is certainly getting their money's worth. And, uh, again, appreciate all you do to promote uh, – Division three basketball day. Well, thank you, Coach. You are exactly right. It has been it is very thrilling and it's been a very fun season this year as well. Well, good luck this weekend, um, and we look forward to talking to you down the road. I I'm I, I have a feeling we better just spots in the next two years. I think we're going to be talking to you in the CCIW quite a bit. Hope so. All right, take care, Coach. Gray thank Giovanni you. joining us here on the City of Salem Hoopsville Hotline, a wide open pod down there. What are my thoughts on that pod? We'll find out when we come back. Back. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we wrap up the show. You're watching Hoops. More Hoops after this. I used to 
never really talk. Ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. This is why we love sports. It's in the way they play, free from the pressures and all the money talk. Playing for simply the love of the game, where everyone has a shot at their definition of success on and off the field. This is what we love about sports and what we can still love about college sports. At George Fox University, our promise is that every student will be known, personally, academically, and spiritually. To be known means professors and staff know you by name. It means you're valued, encouraged, and challenged. It means we'll listen to you as you pursue God's call in your life. At George Fox University, you will never be a number. You will be known. Visit georgefox.edu to learn more. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 1,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Uh, hope you've enjoyed what was a jam-packed show. We are well past when I thought we'd be on the air, so we won't be spending a lot of time in this final block. I still have to finish my packing and get ready to hit the road early tomorrow to Marietta. There is weather in the forecast tomorrow, so I want to get out and deal with it. I'm not going to be able to get out ahead of it. Um, and there is going to be weather on Sunday, potentially, in this region. We have had a pathetic winter, to say the least. In the Mid-Atlantic region, as I said at the beginning of the show, though some of you may not have heard it, thanks to the podcast not starting on time, uh, we had uh, less than an inch of snow here this winter. Um, last year we had 40 in one storm. Anyway, uh, Sunday does look a little bit interesting. I'm not sure. It may have a lot to do with tomorrow's storm. So Sunday we hope to be on the air at 7 o'clock. If we are not, it's because of the weather, and we will push it back to either Monday afternoon or Monday night which cramps our style a little bit because we got to get ready for the Salem trip, um, but that's what we will do nonetheless. Um, <clears throat> again, I'm not going to give you who I think wins, uh, at least on the men's side, but maybe on the women's side I will, because I am calling the games at Marietta, and I don't want anybody thinking that I'm going in with a predisposed notion of what's going to happen. Uh, and I am calling the Final Four in Salem as the analyst for the NCAA.com, and again, don't want to have any predisposed notions. So with that in mind... I did get a, uh, at least one question so far on what my thoughts are with certain matchups. So let's start on on the men's side uh, and talk about that uh, just a little bit. Um, forgive me as I'm trying to uh, open up my men's bracket, which I had, had done. <laughs> it's never as easy as you think it is. Uh, so on the men's side, uh, we'll start in the upper left. That's the one I'm going to, Marietta. Whitman versus Harden-Simmons, Marietta versus Rochester. Honestly, and I think Coach Carr said this well, this is a Final Four type bracket. Now, <clears throat> could we have had this as a Final Four? Probably not. Um, but four very different teams, four very good teams. 
Uh, Whitman coming in undefeated. I'll be blunt. They're going to have a battle here with Harden Simmons. Going through the numbers, Harden Simmons is a darn good basketball team. Won 18 in the last 20. You can say what you want about the AFC, but Letourneau was good this year. Uh, Mary Harden-Baylor is always a well-coached team. Uh, and you have others down there, and I know I'm forgetting one, Texas-Dallas, for example, that are a good team. So you can't sleep on Harden-Simmons. They have one of mo- probably one of the most spectacular players in the nation in Nathaniel Jack. You have one of the best shot blockers in the country in Jason Jones, and, and he's not even at 100%. Um, and you've got other guys. I was going through the top 20 or the, the rankings of the NCAA for this team, and I was blown away that guys like Caleb Spoon lead or in the or high in the country ra- national rankings in terms of three point shots. Uh, Christian O'Neill, free throw, tenth best in the country. By the way, Justin Jones, he is the best in the country at blocks, plain and simple, totals and per average. Nathan Jack ranks in the nation in double doubles, third most with 21. He ran. He's played the most minutes in the entire com- country and most minutes per game in the entire country. Uh, by the way, 20th on that list is Dwayne uh, Hopper at 20th in total minutes. This is a very good team that cannot be dismissed. And so is Whitman. Whitman comes in with a lot of weapons that people don't appreciate, especially being out there on the West Coast. Um, you've got uh, first team all conference and honorable mentions and second teams, et cetera, et cetera. The player of the year in the conference and Tim Howell averages 20 points a game and shoots 81% from the free throw line. Um, they, they even rank nationally in the seventh highest points per game in the country. They're going to go up against the Harden Simmons team. That's 10th best in the country in points. That matchup is going to be fascinating, and it's two different styles. My concern with Whitman, they tend to play to the other opponent. So whatever the other opponent is playing, that's what they will play. That may play in the hands of Harden-Simmons a little bit. On the other side, you got Marietta and Rochester. Marietta had a little bit of a, a glitch in the middle of the season where they just struggled a little bit. Rochester had it at the end of the season. I think both teams have figured it out, and I like this matchup quite a bit because I don't think either one has a dominating spot. A.J. Edwards... Darn good, darn good inside. But it doesn't mean Rochester doesn't have some really good guys on the inside as well. Um, if you look at Rochester's inside presence, uh, you can't take away from the fact that Zach, uh, Zach Ayers, uh, you know, stands six foot ten. Uh, 12 points a game, shoots 59% from the floor. You could probably argue they don't use them enough, but who knows? Sam Bor-Smith, maybe one of the best players in the country at Justin's finals. Points a game, five and a half rebounds a game, 2.7 assists a game. Or I should say steals a game, three and a half assists a game. These two games on Friday night in Marietta are going to be must-watch television. Um, I, 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 I'm glad I'm not picking winners because I could see anybody coming out of this. Uh, in the lower level, you got Christopher Newport trying to get back to Salem. They've had the spotlight on the entire season. I feel like they've underperformed. I think they've got some flaws in the ointment. McFarland just hasn't been playing the way I expected him to this season. Um, Keene State, once again, the Cinderella. You could argue maybe overmatched. Last year, these two teams the same scenario, and Christopher Newport went on to win. I don't expect that different, but Keene State's got confidence now. They've done this twice in a row. They're not scared of Christopher Newport. Um, and with Christopher Newport maybe a little bit off kilter a little bit, maybe this is a chance for Keene State to pull yet another upset, uh, potentially. Then uh, you go down and you've got Babson versus Tufts. Um, 
this is a juggernaut of a game, in my opinion. Um, there's no reason to think that there this isn't going to be really darn good. Uh, by the way, I realize uh, the stream may have broken up a little bit on some of you, but it looks like things are back. Babs and Tufts is going to be a tremendous game. Tufts looks like they're better with Pileshi back. I still worry that Pileshi, I don't even think he's 75%, but I'm not basing that on anything anybody's told me. Here's the key. If Babson wants to go up-tempo, I'm not sure Tufts can do it because I'm not sure Pileshi can do it. If Babson plays style, that's going to play into Tufts' hand. And will Babson feel any pressure? They were in Salem two years ago. Are they feeling any pressure in Flannery's final year to get back? And how will that pressure manifest itself? Um, fascinating matchup in this Elite Eight game, whether it's, whether, heck, even if it's Keene State, it doesn't matter here in the Elite Eight. It's going to be one to watch. If it's Keene State, then we've got this Cinderella who could knock off another Titan. If it's Christopher Newport, the matchup either with Babson or Tufts to get to Salem. And Babson and CNU have been two teams we've been looking at all season as favorites to get to Salem. And one of them at least won't make it. You go to the upper right. Middlebury has been on a charge. They've been tearing through teams like like a hot knife through butter, to use a very popular saying. Uh, Endicott, though, has looked good. Endicott beat Middlebury earlier in the season. But this, don't, don't even use that as a comparison. We're talking night and day different with Middlebury now. First off, it's at Middlebury. I know Endicott's earlier season game was there, too. But the atmosphere is going to be different. Pepin's going to be jammed. It's going to be rocking. Um, Middlebury also, since they lost their lead team sc leading scorer to the Skyac, has been unstoppable. Here's another one of those addition by subtraction. We've seen it in Augustana. We've seen it in some other teams where the addition has come by a subtraction. I Endicott's good. I just wonder how overwhelming Middlebury has now become. On the other side, you got Susquehanna versus Williams. And to be honest with you, here's one of those crazy earlier in the season. If you were a fan of Hoopsville and been watching, I talked about how at one point uh, in the NESCAC, Team A beat Team B, who beat Team C, who beat Team D, who beat Team A. I don't remember the exact order, but it was Williams and Amherst and Trinity and, and somebody else in that group. And basically, that's how it had turned out. A had beaten B, B had beaten C, C had beaten A. Susquehanna lost to Scranton twice this year. Williams just steamrolled Scranton. Okay. That should probably mean Williams has got your favorite, right? Ah, Susquehanna beat Trinity and Trinity beat Williams. I think both teams have question marks. Both teams are unexpectedly here. Susquehanna has been good all year. Frank Barsenic says it's one of the best teams he's got this season or, or in his career, maybe. They've got to prove it. Williams is back in this spotlight under a new coach. Last time they were here, it was Mike Maker, Duncan Robinson, and, and, and Mayer inside, and other guys. The spotlight's on now. The pressure's on. And I think this game is, is going to be a lot of flaws and question marks being remedied and, and being taken care of or being fully exposed. Um, that one's the wild card game in this group. And then you go down to Holland, and this is the wild card pod. Hanover, the, the, the highest seed remaining in the tournament, in this grouping, has to go play on the road, which is unfortunate. Uh, they're going to have to play at Hope, which is an incredible environment. So Hanover is going to have some challenges here. Hope's got the advantage, but Hope has never, well, I shouldn't say that. Hope has often 
not lived up to the expectations, especially at home. Illinois Wesleyan, remember the win Illinois Wesleyan had on them a couple years ago? I think it was in the second round in double overtime against a really good Hope squad. Hope's really good, but I almost sometimes being at home can be a detriment. Um, I think Christopher Newport proved last year you don't have to be at home. Hanover's got nothing to lose. They are a completely unknown team here. I think Hope's got some advantages inside, but Hanover might prove me wrong there. Hanover's a good shooting team. They're they're a quality team. I like them. Um, their head coach is a pretty solid coach. People don't realize this Hanover team, after a couple of years being down, has been good for years before that. The home court advantage would make you think you got to go with Hope. I, I don't think you can. I think this game might be tighter than people realize. That being said, just got past North Central. I don't know if North Central's on par with Hope. If you go by that, then you're going to say Hope's going to probably come away with this one. But I, it's wide open. And then Warburg Augustana, coin flip it. You heard Jay, uh, Greg Giovanni just a short time ago talk about this Warburg squad and what they did to the previous two opponents. Can they keep that hot shooting? on and by the way the hot shooting was one half of a game in both their games against um river falls and against benedictine it was one half where they shot the lights out of the building both times that happened to be the first half can they keep that going to the second half it's uh, the second weekend and can they do that in a very you know that is hope i don't know listen i can't count out warburg not that it's a direct relation but if you look at the women's side they did this last year and they completely surprise everybody to a championship weekend. There's no saying and reason we shouldn't expect Warburg to do this. By the way, on the bracket, Williams and Warburg are side by side. You know what they have in common? They're both the six seeds in their conference tournaments. The difference is Warburg won. It was the only way they were getting in. Williams had to get to the title game, I felt, to assure themselves a spot in. They both got in. They're both six seeds. They're both in the sectional playoff, sectional weekend outstanding. I think the men's games are going to be a, a thrill a minute. Um, they're going to start as early as five o'clock. Um, they're going to start as late as eight o'clock. Uh, we're going to be, we're going to get some great basketball and, and it's definitely going to be worth tuning in for on the women's side, upper left. Amherst is the beast. Amherst is the juggernaut. Amherst is the be all and end all. I feel bad for Babson, but Babson could certainly give them a game. I'm not, I don't discount their abilities. I think Babs improved by getting past um, Mary, uh, yeah, Mary, uh, no, no, Messiah and FDU Florham. They're not to be trifled with. Good team. The problem is Amherst is on another level this season. Their defense is the clear, clear reason for that. These two did not play this year. Uh, no, they did back on the second game of the season. And Babson lost 67-62. So you can't discount this game. I think Amherst is better, but so is Babson. Babson's really impressed the last half of this season. That that This may be Amherst's toughest test of the entire tournament. And that's nothing against the Eagles of Mary Washington, who are within nine of Amherst. Dartmouth and New Paltz on the other side. You're talking about the Cinderella's of these two. One of those Cinderella's is going to keep on dancing. I feel bad because I don't think either team can compete with Amherst or Babson. That's not a shot at Dartmouth or New Paltz, but Amherst and Babson are on a different level. This is also at Lafrac, which is going to play in Amherst's uh, um, hands. G.P. Gromacki has lost a total of two games in Amherst since he took over by a total of two points. He lost two games by two points. Period. 
Amherst is tough to beat at home. If Babson, Babson's got the best chance, nothing against Mass Dartmouth or New Pulse, but I don't see it happening. But that's why they play the game. Ohio Northern and Geneseo in the match of who is hosting this? Uh, Geneseo, as we all know, they given them the envelope, and then they took it away and gave it to Ohio Northern. This one is in Atta, Ohio. Listen, Geneseo is, 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 as you know, the team I've been quietly rooting on, what they've gone through. Win or lose, amazing, okay? Ohio Northern is finally onto the after a number of years of trying to get there. Um, I kind of like this matchup because it's a matchup of unknowns. Um, and I'm not really sure who comes out of it. I can make, a, I can make an argument for both of them. Uh, in the lower left, it's Christopher Newport and Hope and talk about it, an awesome X's and O's game. Brian Morehouse talking about this one. This one is going to be fascinating to watch. Christopher Newport, I've said this before, and I, I think I'm correct on this number. I might be off because I'm saying up top of my head. Uh, nine players, 5'10 or taller, seven of them or six of them are six foot taller or taller. And he goes 15 uh, deep on the bench. Hope, Brian Morehouse has got a terrific team. He's a terrific coach. Maybe underappreciated how good a coach he is. This one is going to be fun to watch. Um, Jeez. You could make an argument, and this is nothing against Ohio Northern, excuse me, as my uh, cold is acting up. This is nothing against Ohio Northern or Geneseo, but I think Christopher Newport, whoever wins that's got the leg up to get to the championship weekend. I'm not basing on that anything concrete. Ohio Northern and Geneseo could completely prove me wrong in that one. Um, but there's something about this Christopher Newport hope game that just makes me think the, one of those two teams is the juggernaut that said, I will also say this, the Christopher Newport hope could also beat each other up so much that whoever wins the Ohio Northern Geneseo game may get the advantage. So consider that earlier on, you may me, heard me mistakenly say St. Thomas was in Minneapolis. I was thinking about the flight, which would have probably gone into Minneapolis Thomas is clearly in St. Paul. I do apologize again for that. Really interesting matchups here. Let's start with the Whitman-Trinity game. Um, Trinity knows the Northwest pretty well. They're, I don't think they're going to be surprised by Whitman. Um, I think Whitman knows how, what Trinity can do pretty well. But it, this is a game of unknown teams. They've never played each other. Uh, Friends and, and, and Hill have never coached against each other. Um, Whitman's playing above themselves. They're playing very well. They, they beat Puget Sound. They've, they've played nothing but Northwestern schools. My only concern, though, is that will develop maybe an uh, for the team a little bit of weirdness since they don't know their opponent now. I, I don't know how that into a, into a game, but maybe they're not ready for Trinity. Trinity's got a lot to prove. They, they, they're trying to prove. They wanted to get to this weekend. They want to get to the championship weekend. They only have one loss. The matchup, in my mind... I don't think favors either of them, though I kind of lean towards Trinity, but Whitman has already shown that you cannot discount them. The concern I have for Whitman was the end of the Puget Sound game. They didn't finish the game. You got to finish the game against Trinity. Trinity is ready. And then St. Thomas Marymount. This is a completely different styles. This is completely different mentality. Marymount comes out of that CAC, which is bruising and grinding. You know, they mind going to the free throw line. It meant they stopped someone from scoring. Um, that means they're going there to earn their points. St. Thomas doesn't exactly play that kind of style. They played some tough games, certainly, but not the style that Marymount will, will utilize. Marymount's going to have one of their, going to have their, um, their motivational, uh, teammate there, uh, who's cleared to travel for this game. 
I love the matchup here. It's a very different matchup, one we don't normally get to see. And as I said with Coach Rusin earlier, their their trip out to McDaniel doesn't necessarily prepare them for Marymount. Um, I like St. Thomas in this. I think Marymount's playing a little bit above themselves, but I would not be surprised if Marymount walks out of that with a, game, a win. The problem is they're playing at St. Uh, Thomas, and that's a tough place to play. And then the lower right. This is probably the Final Four bracket on the women's side of not being in the Final Four. Tough Scranton, Oshkosh, WashU. And consider that, folks. It's four teams from around the country. That's how much Division Three has spread and gotten better. Uh, Tufts, or Scranton's going to want to avenge their loss to Tufts. Two very defensive-minded uh, teams. This is not going to be high-scoring in any way, shape, or form. Uh, I think last year it was in the 40s, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. Maybe it was higher than that. I don't expect this higher than the 60s. Um, both teams are going to try and dictate their way and hit some big shots. Uh, I like how Tufts has played. If Scranton honestly can compete with them. Scranton, as I've seen them, both on video and in person, sometimes underwhelms me. And that's not a shot at the team or anything. I just, I'm, I, I guess I was expecting more dominating from their two players on the inside. And I haven't seen that domination said, I think Tufts sometimes walks a tightrope a little bit, and they've had it easy so far. They had a 21-point win over St. Joseph and a 20-point win win over Husson, whereas Scranton has had to earn it so far. If there's one advantage in this matchup, it's Scranton, who's already learned to claw and fight in this tournament, and Tufts hasn't. But Tufts has also gone toe-to-toe with Amherst, and if any team that goes toe-for-toe with Amherst, you got to like. And then the other side, Oshkosh versus WashU. It's at WashU. You always got to favor Nancy Fay in that case. But Brad Fisher's got a good team here. And, and they really, outside of the tough game with Calvin, they surprisingly dominated DePaul in their game. Kind of like this matchup of, of what-ifs and unknown, unknowns a little bit here. Um, I, I like Nancy Fay's bunch. Again, kind of like Scranton, though. They haven't blown me away. They haven't, they've maybe been a little bit underwhelming. And maybe that's just me misinterpreting it over video. I haven't had a chance to see them in person. The problem is it's Nancy Fay. They're good. They're always good. Um, they're more susceptible than they were back in their heyday. But that's as Nancy will tell you, is because a lot of young girls are playing basketball now. There's talent across Division Three now. That's going to be a fun little foursome, and it's going to be big games, just like the Marietta one on the men's side. So that's kind of my take on things. I answered your questions. Uh, I certainly am not going to give you winners, so I apologize for that. But that's just kind of my take on where I think those games are going to play out. And with that note, we're going to wrap up Hoopsville. I don't think we had any other questions, and I appreciate you tuning in, though. Um, a long show, a lot of content. we got to get going because I've got to get to Marietta. A reminder. Oh, we will cover one more thing before we get going. But a reminder again um, that the plan is to be on the air with Hoopsville um, on Sunday night at 7 o'clock. That is our plan. But we are coming back from Marietta, and there is a winter storm um, predicted. Whether that storm stays south, what its timing is, and whatnot. I saw one forecast where I'm driving through snow from Marietta straight home the entire time. I've seen another forecast where I'm not gonna, we're not going to get hit till later in the day, so maybe I can get out of town and get most of the trip done before I hit some snow. I don't mind driving in snow. I, I enjoy winter travel. It's drivers that drive me crazy, and that's what will slow me down or cause some problems. So as a result, <clears throat> if we are delayed or we just don't have enough time to pull Hoopsville together that night, we will push it to Monday afternoon, most likely with Monday night being our fallback. It again, it crump, it, it really kind of 
hampers a little bit of our scheduling and our planning for Salem, but that's what we will do to make sure we get a show on the air. Hopefully it's Sunday, hopefully it's 7 o'clock, but just be advised we may have to delay it. I do want to mention the uh, the uh, the Hoopsville uh, fundraiser. Uh, it did come to a close officially, uh, as you probably know. Uh, I have the ability to call it up right now. I apologize. Normally uh, we could, but we, our computer was having so many problems uh, in the last um, um, in the last week to the point. And I may have just no, oh, it's back. Uh, the pro, the computer's been having issues, plain and simple way to describe it um as a result i can't show you the show page but we raised 83 percent of our goal um it's the first time in the four years we've done it we didn't hit our goal now we went for a large goal on purpose um but we had 68 people who donated a number of the last ones were anonymous but Bowden made a donation of 85 dollars um so we got there we'll get uh, I think we're going to end up keeping of the 8,200. I think we're going to end up keeping about 7,300 of it. There's fees and, and whatnot that we lose about 10% of it. So that money is on its way to the bank and we appreciate it. That will pay for a lot of bills like getting this computer seriously upgraded. It has done well for three years, but in the last two months, yeah, last month, it has not been enjoying itself. Uh, and trust me, if you asked Rusin, it, it was a problem today. And if you ask my counterparts, at uh, D3 Sports. They know it was causing me problems the last few days. Nonetheless, uh, your donations mean a lot. I did want to point out one. Uh, there's been a lot. Uh, by the way, Art Vallely, <laughs> a significant $500 donation. Thank you very much. Greg Hardy, uh, uh, a nice donation. Matt Rissler, a nice donation. Thank you so much. <clears throat> but one of the donations, St. Joseph College of Brooklyn, a nice donation of 160 Thank you very much. I wanted to mention was uh, a donation from in memory of Lanny Lobdell and Ed Elson. I hope I said those names correctly. Great Titans who love D3 hoops. Uh, I was told that this was made in their honor. They have passed Illinois Wesleyan men and they enjoyed the show. They enjoyed D3 hoops so much that this it was a $500 in their honor to the show. I very, very much am uh, moved by this. Uh, I appreciate it. It means a lot to me. We will spend that particular $500 extremely well, and we greatly appreciate it. I will get more information on those two fine gentlemen. I know one of them was a sports information director who is currently at Illinois Wesleyan, but we will get information and honor them in an appropriate way. But thank you, everybody who donated. We raised $8,285 out of the goal of $10,000. Again, we missed our mark, but to be honest, we, we raised more than we did last year. We raised more than we did the year before. Uh, the only mark that we was the first year when we raised a little over $11,000. So you all wonder where this money goes. It pays to replace computers. It, it goes to pay bills. Uh, the internet and electricity alone in one year can ramp itself up. Uh, it goes to travel to allow us during the season to travel and go to other places. We will start booking two trips for next year, to say the least. We, we spent money sometimes to go to the NCAA convention, for example, to make sure we cover Division Three basketball the best way possible and catch some games. We've gone to COSIDA during the summer to try and make sure that we connect with sports information directors and do the best job we can in in in, uh, in profiling these schools. And COSIDA was important. We didn't go to the convention this year. We didn't go to, we're not going to go to COSIDA this year so that we can focus on going somewhere for uh, basketball next year. So we're changing it up just a little bit. So on that note, we're going to close out the show. Uh, really long one, almost three hours. Did not plan that. We planned to go maybe two 
three. Um, again, I'm heading off to Marietta. If you are in Marietta and I uh, and you see me, please come up and say hello. Except if I'm calling the game, if I'm in the middle of doing the job, please please let me do the job. But otherwise, please come up and say hello. Uh, greatly appreciate it. I'll be there for both nights. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to seeing Marietta play in their gym. I've seen Marietta play, but not in their gym. I've been to their gym, but not seen Marietta play. I'm looking to combine those two. I know it's sold out and looking forward to seeing what it looks like um, with a full gym. And on that note, we're going to sign off. I want to thank everybody who, who came on the show tonight. Brian Morehouse from Hope. Trevor Woodruff from Scranton. Craig Kars from Simmons. Ruth Sin from St. Thomas. Michelle Friends from Whitman. Kevin App from Williams. And Gray Giovanni from Augustana. Almost a list you would have expected on the Marathon Show. I want to thank their sports information directors as well and their staffs for their assistance in helping us put the show together. And with that note, we sign off. I want to thank D3Hoops.com, the presenting sponsor of D3Hoops.com, or of, of Hoops. I also want to thank the Women's Basketball Coaches Association and the National Association of Basketball Coaches. I should note, Thursday we'll have the Hoopsville uh, reception for any of the coaches from the NABC who are heading to Salem for the uh, championship weekend, you should have that information. If not, let me know. We certainly would love to um, thank you for your that is coming up on Thursday in Salem, which is a reminder, by the way, that we will not have a Thursday evening show as we have in the past. The last couple of years, we decided to forego that and save that material for Friday in the pregame shows. We'll talk more about that on our Sunday broadcast. also want to thank um, the city of Salem, the sponsor of the uh, – uh, the uh, hotline all season long. Of course, they have the men's championship. And if you have nothing to do or you got a team rooting on, I highly encourage you to go to Salem. It is worth the trip. It is worth the experience. They do an amazing job. And of course, I want to thank George Fox, our first sponsor of the show. Uh, final note before we go the carousel is already a spinning. Um, coach resigned, though many would tell you it feels more like a firing. Speaking of which, Muhlenberg's men's coach resigned. It feels more to me like he was fired. Shenandoah's coach was let go uh, as well, amongst with many other coaches that have been either retired, resigned, fired, etc. We can go back to the Mount St. What was it? The Mount story that we covered a, a couple months ago, or about six weeks ago. Um, so the carousels are spinning. Keep up with us. We'll let you know what's happening uh, in Division 3 at D3Hoops.com, along with all of our playoff information as well. That's going to do it. Thank you for tuning in to Hoopsville tonight. I am your host, Dave McHugh. You've been listening to Hoopsville. Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. We'll be back on the air Sunday night, weather permitting. Hope you'll join us here. And of course, we'll be in Salem to wrap up the season as well. Good night, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you back here on the next show on Sunday night.